Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 31 of Critical, the history of pro wrestling and now apparently mixed martial arts games. I'm Mongo, joined as always by my co-host Lagerbusa, and we are talking today about Pride GP03, the second in the Pride. It's not a trilogy, it'd be like a duology of PS2 games published by Capcom, developed by, and I just had it up, and I fucking closed the tab. I looked up the developer, and allegedly, like, one of the head motherfuckers here did some, like, early work on um, Virtual Fighter and Tekken. Oh, that makes sense. Which is interesting. Oh, Dream Factory was the developer. Released in November of 2003, and we'll get to all of that here uh, here in a moment. But first, how are you? It's been two weeks. Oh, jeez, it's been a... Uh... Not a fun week at all. So, uh, um, last Thursday, I woke up and I had no internet. And uh, called my internet provider. The guy was like, change the, the jack around for me. And I was like, I did that. And he's like, okay, I fixed it. But if there's a problem, it's probably the jack. So then I tried to work and it was like, your, your connection is unstable. I had like two uh, megabytes per second or something, which is like nothing. And uh, so I replaced the jack the next day, and it was worse. It was like 1.5. And I called them, and they said, okay, we'll send you a replacement. And I was like, okay, so when is it going to get here? Because I can't really work right now because it's so unstable. And, the, and she said, Monday or Tuesday. So Monday and Tuesday comes by, and it hasn't arrived. So I called on Wednesday, and I, I just told them I was like looking for an update. Is it like tracking or, or anything? So the guy on Wednesday tells me that an order wasn't even put in for a new modem. So I'm like, oh, excellent. So I'm trying to think, like, what the hell am I going to do at that point? So um, then I'm just like, well, fuck it. I just want to cancel the service, like, altogether. And also the girl on Friday who said I was getting the, the new modem and lied to me said I could get compensation. So I asked for compensation, and they're like, Oh, we'll give you a twenty-five dollar adjustment. And I literally said to the girl over the phone, and I don't usually like, you know, curse or anything over the phone. And I was like, "That's fucked up. Like, I've missed work for, I've missed work for several days now. I've been calling every single day, and you want to give me a twenty-five dollar adjustment." And I was like. You know, I don't, I don't want to be a Karen, but I was like, I can I, can I speak to a supervisor or anything? He's like, no, there's no one else to speak to. So they wouldn't help me further in any way. And I was like, I didn't accept it. I was like, I'm not accepting twenty five dollars. Fuck off. That's insane. Yep, sure is. And then we had the uh, the tropical storm last night, and it wasn't too bad. I know some areas of the city have flooded, but yeah. So here's an interesting thing. <clears throat> Dream Factory is not listed as having developed Pride GP03 on um, their Wikipedia page, but they are credited on Wikipedia with developing the UFC tap-out games for the original Xbox, which I've... I don't think I've ever actually played these beyond maybe renting it one time. Yeah, I've never played them. That's, that's strange. But it says right here, the company's chairman, uh, Seichi Ishii, is an industry veteran who served as an early designer and director for two fighting game franchises, Virtual Fighter and Tekken. So, I mean, in this era, if you wanted um, to uh, have somebody head an MMA game, that'd probably be the fucking guy. Yeah, I think what I like about 
this game and the previous Pride game is that they're arcade games, so it's a lot of pick up and play. Like with the the new UFC games and stuff, it can be sort of um, daunting. Yeah, like when you're doing like the ground game and stuff, it's like where do I, what do I do, where do I go? And this is just it's it's so basic, and I I sort of wish that MMA games would return to that style. Obviously, the new UFC games are more simulation based, and there's more options because they wanted to be more realistic. But this idea of like pressing just two buttons together and putting on a submission and it it just it feels more in line with what I would want at this point. Yeah, they um they simplified the shit out of like UFC four, which is like a lot of people hate that game because they they watered everything down. Mm-hmm. I like this game because like they have like like triangle and circle and square no, I'm sorry. Circle and X and triangle and square, uh they can catch different strikes, which they don't have that, I don't think. And if they did, I I never tried to do it in the AI. I never did it. Um like circle and um uh triangle or whatever, that'll catch like a kick and wait, not I'm I'm bungling. I'm sorry. X and circle will catch a kick. Triangle and square will catch a punch. And sometimes, like, some guys will catch a kick and knock the opponent to the ground immediately. And then you have the option to press, like, square and X to go into their guard, which is super interesting. There's also side control in this game, which I don't think there is in any other game from this era that has any sort of, like, MMA mode or is just an MMA game in general, which I thought was super interesting. There's, um, there's attacks on the ground that are like instant KOs. Like Rampage Jackson has a ground and pound attack that if the animation fully plays out, your opponent's instantly KO'd, no matter how much health they have. There's like a stupid amount of, <clears throat> amount of depth here because like Vanderlei Silva has a clinch where you can throw the knees regularly with X and circle, but if you press square and X together, he throws a pa- like a knee that takes, what's it, like 15% of their health and they'll be on the ground and you can stand there and throw kicks or you can you know try to stomp them. It's it's a very interesting game because the only other MMA game from this era that I think has anywhere close to this much depth is UFC Sudden Impact. It's not as bad as people have made it out to be, that game. Um, like there's like grappling against the cage and shit in that game, and that's like you don't you don't have that in the other two UFC games. It's very interesting. There's also like character specific stuff like if you're playing as yoshihiro takayama who spoilers he's in the game then you do the square and x clinch it turns into a button uh button mashing mini game where you're just hockey punching your opponent i think um, has that if you're fighting takayama i think your character has it by default it's which is so like it's really fun you know obviously referencing uh <clears throat> takayama and, and fry to have that mini game in there it's 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 pretty neat yeah, it's it's funny. Like if I played Takayama and Sakuraba, and it's just really hilarious to see that fucking sequence happening with those two. Big roster on this game, I think, bigger than the Pride FC game we got in the states. And also, since this comes out in 03, there's way more of the iconic Pride roster here. You've got uh, Kazushi Sakuraba, Quentin Rampage Jackson, Fyodor Emelianenko. Hidehiko Yoshida, Mirko Krokop, Mark Coleman, Alistair Overeem, Yoshihiro Takayama, Kevin Randleman, Vanderlei Silva, uh, Hikardo Arona, Antonio Rodrigo Minotaro Noguera, Heath Herring, Kazuhiro Hamanaka, uh, Nino Shembri, uh, Rodrigo Gracie, 
Shungo Oyama, Dan Henderson, Don Fry, High End Gracie, the video game debut of Anderson Silva, uh, Gary Goodridge, Sam Schilt, Alexander Otsuka, Igor Vochanchin, Nobuhiko Takada, Murillo Ninja Hua, uh, Akira Shoji, Carlos Newton, Daijiro Matsui, and Unlockable also are uh, the Saku Machine and Yuji Shimada. Big roster for a game like this. Uh, comparable in size to like the UFC games, which had giant fucking rosters. And one thing I want to stress is like everybody here plays pretty uniquely. Krokop plays like Krokop. Fyodor plays like Fyodor. Mark Coleman obviously is very dependent on uh, the takedown and ground and pound. It's it's a very fun game to like kind of figure out which fighters are the most conducive to your own play style. And also, the AI in this game is not stupid. The AI in this game is a little bit cheap. I fought Sakuraba as Vanderlei, and Saku ran right in the middle of the ring, shot a takedown. And maybe if he'd done that in real life, he wouldn't have lost three straight to Vanderlei. I don't know. <laughs> <clears throat> the graphics are very good. It's it's a PS2 era game. Like if you look at it now, it's it's not super duper impressive. But for like November 03, this is a pretty good looking game. Everybody looks like who they are. There's no bad looking animations. The arenas, which there's two, there's Saitama Super Arena and the Tokyo Dome, both of which, as you mentioned to me yesterday, and I I had to change arenas just to see it. Um, they they have different entrances, depending on the arena. And the arenas aren't, like, uh, devoid of detail. There's tons of personality to them uh, when you get to see them during the entrances. The ring mat looks exactly like a pride ring. It even has the Sky Perfect TV ad on the mat. There's, like, not nearly as much blood in this game. In fact, I don't think I saw any. Uh, so it's not like the U.S. Pride game where you get somebody on the ground and you hammer fist them and blood splatters on the camera. That's that's not part of this uh, this game, unfortunately. But you don't really see a lot of like really bloody fights in Pride anyway because they would always stop it and get rid of the blood and reset whatever position they were they were in before the thing stopped. What are your thoughts on how the game looks? I think it looks pretty good. I mean, it's not... There's uh, some games from that era that are, like, distracting sometimes, the graphics. But, I, I mean, playing this game today, um, obviously it's aged, but I didn't think it looked, you know, bad or anything. I mean, it looked like a pretty good game for its time and not something that I was like, hey, you just look at this. I think it was interesting, too, that this game has uh, Japanese commentary which obviously the previous game didn't have, didn't have any commentary at all. So I think that that was a, a nice addition. Of course, you've got uh, Key Grant as the ring announcer. You've got Lenny Hardback as well. A lot of the theme songs in this game, which are obviously their knockoffs, but there's, some of them are so close that they sound like remixes of the original song. It's pretty goddamn crazy when you hear some of them in this. Yeah, Sandstorm in particular is one of yeah. those. yeah. The presentation here, it should be noted, is great. And I don't think we talked enough on the previous episode about how Pride FC captured, like, watching the American pay-per-view broadcast pretty well. This game is like playing an interactive version of, like, a Japanese pay-per-view broadcast because there's the VTR for each fighter before you even get to the entrances. The, like, matchup graphic is the exact one they were using during this time uh, on Japanese broadcasts the entrances everything feels like an actual like pride show that you would see like if somebody traded you a copy of like an 03 pride show from like sky perfect 
like this is this is kind of what that feels like. It has better presentation than I think honestly like any MMA game until you hit Undisputed, which is what's five and a half years later. Yeah, I think that's fair to see. I'd say this has better presentation than any pro wrestling game that was on the market at the time because this is like one to one what you would see on television. Yeah. Um with no compromises. Like there's still a commentary. You still have both ring announcers. You have the same kind of like camera angles they would use, the same kind of VTRs they would use. The presentation is freaking immaculate in this game. It is wonderful. Yeah. Um, if you're if you're a Pride fan and you've never played it, you this is worth playing just to like set up a match and watch like the uh, the end to end presentation. Obviously, the Thunder theme plays between rounds or a remix of it, uh, which tickles me. Um, the victory music's there, obviously. Um, you get the replays if the fight, you know, ends in a finish, which I've, I've never had a fight go to like decision in this game. I'm assuming the game calculates it based on who has more health left. Cause that's how every other MMA game from this time does it. Yeah. I don't think I've had a decision either. I had a few decisions in like the original UFC game. I don't think I've ever gone to a decision in like pride FC or obviously again, this one, I don't think I ever went to a decision and throw it on a sudden impact either, but those are, that's the, a whole different episode. There's the Grand Prix mode, which is how you unlock Saku Machine, um, Takata, and Yuji Shimada. I will pull up game facts right now because I don't remember who you actually have to beat it with to unlock any of them. Wait, no, Takata, you have to beat it with Crow Cop, which is such a weird, like, why wouldn't you just have it be like Asuka or somebody, like one of the other yeah. pro wrestlers in the game? That's kind of strange. Yeah, Pride works in mysterious ways. Uh, you get Yuji Shimada if you beat um, the Grand Prix mode once, and obviously to unlock Saku Machine, you beat the GP mode with Sakuraba. There's a creative fighter that I did not touch because I there's no translation guides or anything for this game out there, and I didn't want to spend a ton of time floating around in that mode only to because th this happened to me once in KOC when I tried to. <clears throat> when I tried to brave that edit mode without the the big Gerald NG guide, I ended up like not actually saving my character and then scrolling through the fucking select screen for like 20 minutes afterwards trying to figure out where my character was. And that haunts me to this day. So if I don't have a translation guide, I'm not fucking doing it. Yeah, I mean, I I looked at it. Um, I didn't look at it recently. I looked at it a few months ago, and and yeah, it wasn't the the easiest to get through. I think it was it was. Quite a bit like the the first game, where it's, there's obviously a lot of pro wrestling influ influence, um, like like masks and stuff that you can choose from. But as I said, I, I didn't get too far into it. I did look at the the sound files for this game, and if I remember correctly, one fight uh, that had like the the call name and everything in, but wasn't actually in the game, is Bob Sapp. So I guess at some point he was actually scheduled for the game. That makes a lot of sense because he he does fight a bunch of times in O2. He fights like Kyoshi Tamura, he fights Nogera. Yeah. Um, I think he fights I think he fights again in O2. And Bob Sapp was obviously a fucking giant deal in uh in Japan in general. He had uh I think by this point he had already debuted in New Japan. He had the match with Nakanishi in October O2. Wasn't he always like loaned out from K1? Basically, yeah. Cause um he had like he had a deal with like either Dream Stage. I want to say it was Dream Stage because remember the rumors of WWE wanting to buy Pride in like 2006. 
they wanted to buy Pride specifically to get Bob Sapp's contract. Because, and Dave Meltzer mentioned this years and years and years back on Observer Radio, but that whole WWE CW push that Bobby Lashley got, Bob Sapp laid out to Dave in detail well in advance because it was meant for Bob Sapp. We could have had Bob Sapp in the Extreme Elimination Chamber. And also, like, think about the era of WWE and how toxic the locker room was and how everybody tried to fuck with all the new guys that came in. Wasn't nobody in that locker room going to fuck with Bob Sapp? Well, I mean, politically, they absolutely would have, but physically, no. Like, I, I don't care that you can make the argument Bob Sapp wasn't a particularly great fighter. He's He would have been, like, the biggest dude in that locker room at that time other than Kali. Oh, yeah. Dude, Bob Sapp was, like, a, a goddamn monster. Yeah, the, the Beast was an appropriate nickname for him. You know what's interesting? Um, I didn't see Kazuki Fujita on the roster in this game, and this is no. the year where he drops Fedor. Yeah, he wasn't included. He wasn't the previous one, so it was kind of disappointing he wasn't in this. Yeah, and it's not like he's a bigger part in, like, 01 Pride than he is in 03. He fucking fights Fyodor and drops him. Yeah. But that's, like, one of the craziest things that ever happened in MMA, because, like, Quadris is like, yeah, this would have fucked up the rankings, because I don't even think Fujita's ranked, right, boss? And boss is like, yeah, probably not. Great, great fucking fight. Um, it should also be noted, guys have, like, unique stances in this game. Like, Crow Cop has a different stance than, like, Kevin Randleman. And Rampage has a different stance from, like, Vanderlei. It's, they, they put, like, so much attention to detail in this game. Because, like, Crow Cop's, like, standing knee is a different animation than Vanderlei's. Vanderlei's, like, one-two combo is different than, like, fucking... Carlos Newton's Anderson Silva's a lot of fun in this game too, and it's so wild to see him in a game that's not a UFC game because people don't necessarily consider he had that little pride run where he got fucking heel hooked by who was it Rio Chonin? Oh, I can't remember. I want to say it was Rio Chonin. I'm gonna look that up real quick. But I I like this game a lot. Um, in terms of the early MMA games, I think this actually is the best. Just because of the depth and like unique move sets and stuff, I I can't see an argument for any of the other ones. I could have sworn like at the time, the feeling was that this game wasn't as good as the the U.S. Pride, so that was the reason I never even I didn't play this for years, and uh, I do remember trying it one time, and I was just like, eh, it it must be more the same or whatever, and then actually spending some time with it, I was like, holy shit, no, this is this is quite a bit better than the the U.S. Pride game. Yeah, that was my memory of it for years. Was like I didn't like this game. Like my, I said it. I think last time was like my memory has always been like Pride FC was the best of the pre undisputed games, and then playing these two back to back, it's like Pride Pride FC is good. This game I would almost call great. No, fuck it, I would call it great, especially in the context of the era it was made. Like the depth is unparalleled. And granted, I'd need to play Tap Out One and Two again. Because I remember people really liked those games. I, again, I don't think I ever actually played them. And if I did, like, the experience was so minimal, I don't fucking remember it anyway. I, I want to say maybe I did rent Tap Out 1 when I first got an Xbox, but that's that's me maybe trying to, like, dig up a memory that isn't there. Sudden Impact has some interesting stuff, but I don't... I, I, need, a, I need to do a deeper dive with that game to say for certain if it's anywhere near as deep as this. But, like... If you want, like, solid presentation that feels like a Pride show, this game's got it. If you want a big roster where everybody feels pretty much unique, at least in my experience from what I played, this game's got it. If you want a game that's representative of what I consider to be the peak of Pride, which is, like, 03, 
this this literally in the name O three, um, and also this game, this game rivals like sudden impact in terms of having like a really crazy like who's who roster. Because like look at how many fucking all time greats are on this roster. You got Sakuraba, you got Rampage, you got uh, Fyodor, you got Krokop, Mark Coleman, Overeem became like a fucking huge star years after this game came out. Vanderlei Silva, you got uh, Minotaro Nogueira, fucking Dan Henderson. Everybody loves Don Fry as a fighter, I should say. Uh, Anderson Silva at one point was considered the greatest fighter in the history of the UFC. People really loved Igor Vovchanchin once upon a time. And this game basically comes out right at the end of him being even remotely prominent because Krokop fucking deads him. And, like, you have the kind of, like, the cult heroes, like, Takayama wasn't a particularly good MMA fighter, but anybody who watched Pride fucking loves him. And most people who watched him in pro wrestling love him too. So what I'm saying is Takayama rules. It's such a fucking weird roster too, because like I don't think uh, Hikardo Arona's in UFC Undisputed Three, right? Like this might be it for him. Uh, I'd have to look at the roster, but I'm I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, I mean it's it's a great representation of Pride at that time. And really, as you just said, like MMA as a whole, like in history, it's it's a tremendous roster of like legends. It's legends of MMA instead of legends of wrestling. Okay, so I just found a Bleacher Report article that mentions four people that aren't in the Pride roster in Undisputed Three, and it's it's such a fucking like one of one of these things is not like the others. Uh, Fyodor Emelianenko, Hikardo Arona, Kazushi Sakuraba, and Alistair Overeem. So you have like three of the biggest like names in MMA history, and then there's just Arona. Oh lord! But yeah, like this game, it's such a weird little like time capsule of MMA because Pride was absolutely by far and away the number one company in terms of MMA. The UFC had, had a little bit of success the previous year with the first uh, Shamrock and Tito fight because they got they got on FS1, the best damn sports show period. And I think the Shamrock Tito fights the first Zufa era pay-per-view that does like a big pay-per-view number. Which shout out to Ken Shamrock. But it's not until like the Ultimate Fighter season one where things kind of start to turn that ufc documentary from 2013 there's a lot of like um revisionist history in it but lorenzo fertita does make a good point that like pride waited way too long to come to the u.s because their first show here is like 06 and by that point the fucking the yakuza scandal had already been the yakuza scandal had already been like broken like that news was out there they were they were kind of fucked and it was like oh now we need to go to america and then you know it's not that much longer and the UFC acquires pride and I saw somebody uh, before we put a bow on this game and move on to the news. I saw somebody say like, well, they were more concerned with showing that the UFC fighters were better than making any actual money. And that's like, not the case at all. They, they bought like, they didn't get rampage when they bought pride. They, they went and bought the fucking WFA to get rampage and Shogun. The literal first thing they did was put rampage in a pay-per-view main event with Chuck Liddell. The first thing they did with Vanderlei was put him in the co-main event with Chuck Liddell. They they gave Krokop Gonzaga, and everybody was like, oh, okay, this is, we know what this is. Krokop's going to fucking high kick him, and then we're getting Krokop versus Kotor for the belt. Obviously, didn't work out that way. But that, w- that was the theory at the time from a lot of people. Obviously, fucking Minotaro Nogueira's in uh, an interim title fight in like, his first fight. He beats Tim Sylvia. And then he's in like the uh, the co-main event of UFC 92 fighting Frank Mir. Like, the the... 
narrative that they didn't try to make as much money as they could off the pride guys like right when they got him is insane because they did dan henderson comes in and immediately fucking fights quentin rampage jackson in a pay-per-view main event almost immediately gets a title shot at anderson silva also i'm pretty sure in a pay-per-view main event that might have been a spike tv one actually but like they they clearly knew like we're, we have these guys that our audience views as stars we can put them in fucking main events and people will pay to see them. The idea that they didn't try to monetize the acquisition of Pride is insane. But I think if they wanted to make the most money out of it, they should have had, um, as soon as they, they actually bought Pride, they should have had Shane McMahon come out on the first show saying he actually bought the company. <laughs> well, and then Steph- Stephanie could have bought the WFA. And then they could they could have had the alliance, and UFC 100 could have been uh, their Survivor Series 01. Yeah, they could have been the mixed martial alliance. <laughs> oh God, it's funny because people compare the Pride acquisition to that all the time, and it's like, no, the UFC did it right. They they booked the fights people wanted to see. Like everybody wanted to see Chuck versus Vanderlei. The second they get Vanderlei, guess what they book? Yeah, and if you remember too, they used to have that Best of Pride show on on mm. like so i think when they first acquired pride they they sort of got as much juice out of it they could at the time and then i think they probably felt that the ufc names had definitely surpassed uh pride you know at least as a in which, america and as a worldwide company as well so i was gonna say which in fairness it it has several times over just in terms yeah. of like the fucking the wide reaching uh, shadow, it's cast over the world of MMA. Also, and we're we're getting like way off the beaten path here, but like Bellator folding, horrible news for MMA. Horrible news, because now it it takes another major competitor that was willing to pay people, like it takes them out of the game. Which dur- during a UFC antitrust lawsuit, that's like a horrible thing for the UFC. And that lawsuit's going to be terrible for the TKO Holdings Group as a whole. I'm pretty sure if if they get that through, there's going to be a lot of things about the independent contract contractor status is going to change. So you know, if I can go, everybody suing the the UFC. Honestly, like, I uh, that should be interesting. It will be, yeah, because like there's like documents and shit out there already that have come out. I guess from like the discovery process, and it's speculated that like some managers have taken like fights under like what their fighters are actually worth just to curry favor with like promoters which if that's true that's that's like legitimately illegal you have to have your fighters best financial interest in mind and to take a lower a lower offer than their minimum apparently that's like super illegal and you could really get fucked uh in court so that'll that's that's going to be a fun case to watch but yeah probably gpo3 rules yeah it's it's a shame like this doesn't get a sequel. It's a shame that, you know, I, I said it like on the last, I've said it a bunch on the show. It's a shame that like EA had the stick up their ass in the mid two thousands when Dana White was like, you want to make a fucking game? Cause they wouldn't have, they probably wouldn't have put the fight night team on that game. They probably would have been like, Hey, you guys in Japan that are making the weird game with the rappers, you want to make the UFC game? And I'm not saying that, like, if we had gotten EA UFC developed by Aki in the mid-2000s, that we'd be living in the world with, like, flying cars and world peace or whatever. 
what I'm saying is we don't know that we wouldn't be because it didn't fucking happen. Ah, <laughs> oh, the the idea of like Aki not getting to make Mayhem too, and then the idea of Aki not getting to make an MMA game or a UFC game is it's depressing. We we might have we might have had Aki Chuck Liddell. <laughs> I told Freem recently, I had a dream I downloaded like a new update for Freem Edition and he replaced the Road Warriors with Chuck Liddell. <laughs> I have no idea why I had that dream, but I was so mad when I woke up that I, I didn't have like a, an entire slot for Chuck Liddell on that Road Warriors uh, slot in that game. If Chuck Liddell, if you just consider like facial hair and hairstyle alone, if he would replace Animal, then who would replace Hawk from MMA? Well, I mean, hmm. Heath Herring. Mm, he had too much hair. Eh, yeah, but like, if <clears throat> I, I feel like he he might have had a stupid enough haircut where you could look at the hawk hair and be like, okay, I get it. Didn't it? Didn't might have. Didn't he herring team with Terry Funk and like Russell Wan? He sure fucking did. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, that was one of those things in like '06 when I saw that that happened. I was like, okay, yeah, somebody's got to give me a DVD of that. Yeah, the, the shit, those shows were so crazy. Yeah, Hustle was wild, too. Like, <clears throat> you get Kevin Randleman doing pro wrestling stuff. And he's, like, really good at it, too. Randleman and Coleman, yeah. Coleman's on the um the first Inoki Bombayé show, and he's fucking awesome on that show, too. Who was it that was, like, a standout on the one of the Inoki shows? Was it... Oh, Kaluna? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah. The I little fellow he... that fought uh, BJ Penn. He was on a show with... Um, I think he was on the Inoki show with like, Sasuke, right? Uh, was, yeah, like... Sasuke and Daijiro Matsui versus uh, Kaluno and Akira Shoji. And he's like pulling out high spots and shit. Yeah, I have this show on DVD somewhere, and I, I really want to watch it again. The, it, what, it's been match? probably the, close to uh... 10 years. The match I watched the, from the Inoki shows the most was um, uh, in Muto against Fry and uh, Shamrock. Because that was when Muto debuted as Bald Look, and it was it's a big deal at the time. Muto having no hair. Is that Takata's last official pro wrestling match as Nobuhiko Takata? I think it probably... It, I think it has to be, yeah. Because in Hustle, he's just M. Bison. Well, he's not really unbiased, and he's the dude from Tokyo, the last Megapolis, but, like... And he played the, the robot as well. Right! They had that match against Muta, which goes on for, like, half an hour, and they barely move. That sounds probably about, like, the best match those two could have had in the yeah, 2000s. It, it's, like, the the most matches, like, uh, Takada making a, a gun with his hand, and, like, slowly moving as this robot man, and, like, shooting... Uh, explosives at, at Muta. It's pretty great. Wait a minute. That show is on the web archive. Somebody might have uploaded a freaking 60 FPS version? Hold on, hold on. Time, time, time the fuck out. What is it? Oh my god. It's the Gaura replay. But this isn't the full show, is it? This can't be the about, full show. Are we talking about the Hustle Show or the Anoki? The, the Anoki show. Ah. They uploaded this shit, and it's like, it's like 60 FPS. Oh, this looks great. What the fuck? Why did they split it up into individual matches, though? 
Can you not just download like, them all as one? A zip archive? Or you could. You could, but like... God, Rico Rodriguez works at the show and he's teaming with Naoki Sano. I really want to see that UWF show with uh, Sylvester Turkai as, as Big Van Vader. Yeah, so do I. You mentioned that recently and I... Yeah. That's so funny. Yeah, I really want to see that. He's a guy that I remember reading about a lot when he was in like OVW. Yeah, same. I think and, he, was in, he was in UPW as well, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. He's he's uh, he goes from there to OVW, and then <clears throat> I don't know why the hell they cut him. They obviously they bring him back, and he's in WWE CW for a bit, and we get a Jax figure of him. Yeah, which I had. That was awesome. Became, he just became Bruiser Brody. Yeah, that was one of the weird things for me when I was like, I wasn't fully into watching Japanese stuff yet. And I was looking on like monitors website, shout out to those old websites. I like the fire pro rosters and I saw him and I'm like, that's just bruiser Brody in a different like color of like tights. What the fuck? And then somebody explained to me like, no, he's, he basically did a Brody tribute gimmick that was really over until the bell fucking rang and he wasn't anything like Brody. There's a lot of like goofy, like sort of like UK wrestling shit going on in Japan around that time because the like original incarnation of ROD before it was ROD was like um, Hernandez as Kurt Angle and like Amazing Red as Mysterio Red and shit like that. Right. I think Alan yeah. Funk was there as the Funkster as well. I yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. Speaking of all Japan, um, before we get to video game news, we'll have a little tape trader rant here. I recently got in contact, and I think I even mentioned this a few weeks ago when I, I paid for the discs. Uh, there's a guy who was very prominent on Crazy Max, the tape trading form, not the Toriumon stable, unfortunately. Um, which is crazy because there's so many people on that board that I, I'm pretty sure have never even watched Toriumon. <laughs> but. He had he had released a set of the 2011 G1 where several of the shows were in high definition, and I reached out to him like, "Hey, do you still have those?" And and then I was like, "Actually, can you just send me a list of everything you have from that era?" So I ended up getting those G1 shows. There's like five of them, including a few of them from ESPN J Sports, which New Japan hasn't been on in over a decade at this point. And I also got like the 09 and 2010 Tokyo Dome shows, the uh, World Pro Wrestling Complete re-airings. But here's the cool thing. When they were doing the re-airings of like the 09, 2010 stuff, they left all of the video packages in. So essentially, it's the pay-per-view broadcast split into two parts, which is really cool. But that wasn't the big deal for me with, with this little order that I made. This motherfucker had the entire Champion Carnival from 2011 in high def. And... I've probably told the story on here, but I'll, I'll just to quickly reiterate, I had stopped watching Japanese wrestling for a little bit. We'll say like mid 09 around about. And I didn't jump back into like early, not early 2011, probably late 2010 around the uh, destruction in Rio Goku. When uh, Kojima beat Makabe for the belt. I remember that was a really, really big deal in like the tape trading community because the word out of Japan was, this is the best show in years. And it might've been honestly, so I got back in around the time that Champion Carnival happened, and I have a lot of fond memories of it. But until like a month ago, nobody in the tape trading community except this motherfucker knew that the entire tournament existed in high def. The only show that made its way out to the greater community was the final, which IVP bought. 
and put out. And it's crazy to me because like, why wouldn't you just buy the whole tournament? <laughs> why, why, yeah. why would you, why would you not just fucking grab the whole thing and put the whole, the whole uh, tournament out? And like the video quality is immaculate on these. Like, obviously it's high def. It's not like a DVD recording. It's not like, um, you know, somebody, somebody encoding like a lower bitrate version. So they only have to upload like 190 megabyte file to mega upload back in the day. Mm-hmm. And it's so crazy seeing like 2011 all Japan, like the Rio Goku show from March uh, 21st, 2011, they claimed 8,000 people and no, <laughs> They didn't have eight thousand people in fucking Rio Goku that they might they might have had fifteen hundred. You'll never see Rio Goku that empty. But like that show's got the really good Sonata and Soya versus Okabayashi and Sekimoto tag that goes like thirty two minutes, and it's also got uh, uh, what is it Nagata and Liger against Funaki and Minoru Suzuki, which is an awesome match. I'm, I'm sure anybody who knows who those four are would be surprised to hear that. But it's so crazy, and I, I hit him up, and I'm getting all of the Noah stuff that he's got in high def, which, by the way, none of it's out there. Literally none of it. Actually, no, I take that back. Two of the shows are out there. Everything else is stuff that, like, nobody nobody has. There's, like, multiple Budokan shows from, like, 2010, including the last one in 2010, that only DVD versions existed, and it's crazy because... The only way we're going to get footage like this is if people hit the tape traders up, like, hey, what do you have? And then we get it. And then there are people who can, you know, like, I have a friend who's offered to rip, like, everything that I own and put it out there. And I'm going to seriously take him up on his offer one of these days because I'm a big believer in video quality being important for, like, anything. Because if you don't, if if all we have, like, say, like, 90s All Japan, right? If all we ever had was the fucking VHS version of 6995 instead of the com DVD version that came out five years ago, like if nobody ever acquired that com version and put it out, like that that's shitty because a version of that match in higher quality with better colors and better sound exists. But nobody took the fucking time to like get it, rip it and put it out. Like I, I hate that. We yeah. should be trying to like conserve and preserve and distribute the best quality footage possible for like everybody to have. But I understand that doing that takes money and people people are content to go on the Google drives and download the footage, but maybe not so much spend the money to acquire the footage themselves. I've been willing to acquire that footage myself for fucking the better part of 20 years now, just because if I don't, if I have it, I at least know somebody has it that could put it out. So that's my little soapbox about tape trading. But yeah, I'm, I'm going to have a whole bunch of like high def Noah that didn't exist outside of one guy's collection pretty soon. So that's cool. And I'm really looking forward to watching the, uh, the Joe Higuchi Memorial show again, because that show, I want to say that's the show that has Kings of wrestling versus Takayama and Sano. And also uh, Morishima versus Sugira where Morishima does like a moonsault. And basically it's just like a backflip diving headbutt. Because uh, Sugira is too close to the um, the what you call it, the turnbuckle. I'm taking a look real quick. Because honestly, in terms of video game news, there's just like the one big thing. And uh, oh wow, uh, Yoshie versus Bison Smiths on this show too. In regards to news, though, I was going to ask you: Have you um, played the WWF Legends Challenge 64? I was actually going to bring that up. Yes, I did. I, it took me a little bit to get it working. But the idea that there's like one EXE file, once you have everything set up, you just double click that motherfucker and it does everything for you. Wonderful. 
I've I've played like the previous versions, but not in a while. And loading this up, I was like, "This is fucking nuts!" Like, it's just insane. And I was a person that had said a few weeks ago, like, "I never want to touch No Mercy again." But playing this, it didn't it didn't feel as slow as I remember it being. Um, and just like the work that's put into it, like some guys in this game have like twenty attires and shit. Yeah, like Savage is twenty eight. What the fuck? Yes. And you've got like variations, like you've got Hogan and like the his profile pictures like split up by eras, and you've got like uh Hulk Machine and uh Giant Machines in it under Andre the Giant as well. There's uh, long hair Andre, short hair Andre. Like they put they put a lot of fucking work into this, like yeah, years of work. Absolutely crazy. I, I I couldn't believe it. And like um, so I was using the the music stuff as well. So you've got like the the remake of the WrestleMania Challenge uh, theme from the, the Nintendo, which is like in- incredible. And then you go into the matches, and it starts with like this commentary, and there's like Gorilla and uh, Bobby Heen, and there's Gorilla and Jesse Ventura, there's Tony Schiavone and uh, Jesse Ventura, there's Vincent Jesse, and I think. Uh, Lord Alfred Hayes and uh, Sean Mooney, and obviously they're not talking about specifically what the wrestlers are doing in the ring. Because no, it's just like ripped bits of commentary that are played over like a background song. But it rules. Yeah, because and some of it goes on for like twenty minutes, and it's like just Gorilla and Jesse like going back and forth, and it's it's so good. It's it's a really nice love letter to an era of the WWF that I've always liked, and I would honestly, on a lot of days, consider my favorite. Because it's, there's some like LJN era stuff in there, but that's really like ass end of LJN era through the Hasbro era is what they're really hitting on with this. And that's, look, I was born in 91, so I I missed the whole 80s boom, but I grew up watching a lot of that stuff on tape because we had, I still to this day have my family's pay-per-view recording of Mania 3 and 4, and they're like beat, like if I had a VCR and took a video of what that shit looked like, you can't tell which member of the Can-Am connections which when they're on the hard cam shot in the opening match anymore, but fuck it, I, st- I have a pay-per-view recording of Mania 3. And, like, obviously the Coliseum collection, I've I've droned on and on about how big of a deal that is to me. This mod hits so much of, like, the stuff that my cousin showed me when I was little, and, like... It, seeing a No Mercy mod gives you nostalgia is, like, obviously, because you're playing an old game anyway... But this this game feels like the game the game the mod feels like a game that I always wanted when I was a kid. Like this is if Legends of Wrestling didn't suck and had the WWE yeah. license. Exactly. And it's yeah. worth jumping through the hoops a little bit to fucking get that shit to work. And I still think there's money to be made if WWE were to actually give something like this an effort. Like obviously they're not going to use the Aki engine, but if they were going to do a Legends game like this, like. You know, there's so many people that they could get. They could probably get this entire roster. Um, for the I, I got a suggestion. Hit up Ukes. Well, <laughs> well, no. Listen, Battleground wasn't developed by the main 2K team. This a game like this would, in theory, just be like a side project. Fucking let, and we'll talk about Ukes and AEW in a minute. But like. If fucking let let that commitment run out, hit Ukes up and go, listen, we're going to give you a big budget. We want you to do that AEW game, except we want it to not suck. 
and fucking let them go. Like, give them the roster. Because the thing about it is a lot of those, like, 80s WWF guys are still popular in Japan. When they did the Bullmark soft final figures, they fucking made Ultimate Warrior. Yeah. And the, and the funny part is, like, everyone's the Warrior was a joke in Japan. Really? Because they seem to fucking love buying the merchandise of him. For a guy that only ever worked WWF shows in Japan, he seems to fucking have a fan base. You think Yukes would be willing to work with Tuki again? I mean, maybe after Fight Forever, they'd be open to it. I think. I think the big problem with Ukes was they were being pulled in directions they didn't want to go gameplay wise. Yeah. And they wanted to do something a little bit more representative of what they had done before, which is what Fight Forever was. <coughs> it's it's them returning to like the mid two thousand style gameplay. And and when I say Fight Forever sucks, I mean as an overall package. I've said it every week since I get or every episode since that game came out. The gameplay is fucking great. The gameplay is not the issue with that game. It is literally every fucking thing else. If well, also Yukes wouldn't be able to use that source code if uh, 2K hit them up. But I also don't think it would matter. Yeah, I think I think if they if they gave Yukes a budget and the Legends roster and said fucking here's like sixty of the characters we want. Here's the budget. Here's the time frame. Go nuts. And also Brian Williams is back. He'd fucking go work with them. You know he would. Yeah. Like fuck it, let's let's get stupid, let's get fucking stupid. I just I I want I want a new wrestling game that doesn't break my heart. I almost reinstalled fucking two K twenty three, just to fucking dick around with it for a minute. And I went, why am I doing this? I'm not going to fucking, I'm not going to enjoy this. I have been doing that actually because, um, I I didn't play like the the most recent DLC, and I'm like, well shit, I paid for it, right? Um, and I completely wiped out everything, so like I started adding wrestlers. And what I'm doing is basically, you know, doing these nostalgia saves where I've got like everyone from specific eras. But I, I sort of have the game itself <coughs> on as background noise. Like I'm not playing it. I'm just basically simming it. Um, because yeah, I, I don't enjoy the gameplay, as we've talked about in depth, in depth before. Yeah, I I'll concede obviously 2K is a better complete package than Fight Forever because there's just so much shit. Yeah. And the creator wrestler mode isn't I, I said this to a friend last night while we were watching UFC. How the fuck did uh Fight Forever launch with a worse creator wrestler feature than Backstage Assault? I mean, we've talked about it repeatedly and there's there's no good answer. If all the budget went into these shitty mini games and what a fucking stupid idea. Yeah, Kenny Omega is a gaming genius as Tony Khan fucking... Look, I like Kenny as a wrestler. I genuinely think he's like an all-time great. That motherfucker really need You you had get a son! Why did he not go Kenny? Listen, bud, I, 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 know, I know you want Fortnite wrestling. Let's not do that. And it's... Uh, we should also mention, too, that some... Walmart, it appears, have been selling uh, Switch copies of Fight Forever for like 10 bucks, I guess, to clear out space. Okay, do you want me to go into like, because I, I worked at Walmart, so I can maybe shed a little bit yeah, of insight on this, because there was there was somebody on Reddit that was like, well, you know, this was probably done at the store level, which, again, I, I, worked, I worked at Walmart for a year and a half, 
and was very good friends with a lot of people that worked in the electronics department and the toy department. I also oversaw like the whole back end of the store at one point for a couple of months before they drove me nuts with it. So I have, and, and also I'm going to bring this up. Do you remember in the summer of 2020 when all those fake uh, AEW lineups hit Twitter during like Comic Con? It was like somebody taking pictures off of like a Walmart handheld of like, oh, Series Three Jungle Boy and all this stuff. Yeah, it seems familiar. Yeah, people were losing their shit over that, and I was one of the first people to go. You can just add stuff to the Walmart inventory system. Like mm-hmm. I had to do it when we would get stuff in that wasn't actually in the system. Mm-hmm. Like if you have, if you're above a certain level of permission in like the system, you can add whatever the f- like I. I could have fucking, when I was there in 2019, I could have added AEW Series 1 to the thing and took a picture of and be like, oh my god, guys, they haven't even announced the toy deal yet. Like, that's not that's not hard to do. No. And, like, one of the fucking assistant managers would just add stupid shit to the system, and because nobody ever checks it, because it never comes in, it never sells. Like, he fucking walked up to me and was like, hey, check this out, Marty Jannetty box set, $229, and I would just like, oh, that's fucking stupid. <laughs> and move on with my life. Um... If this stuff's done at the store level, one, that means the game's not fucking selling. When you discount a game that greatly, that's like, seriously, we want it the fuck out of our store. And it's not just the Switch. I saw a picture of, like, PS5 copies being discounted, too. So if stores are deciding, like, there's no room for this on the mod anymore, we need to get rid of it, that's a bad sign. Because you know what that doesn't happen to? Like, every other major game. You don't see that happening with any of THQ Nordic's other fucking IPs. Like, I've never seen that with Destroy All Humans, never seen it with SpongeBob, never seen it with, uh, like, any of their shit. But I watched the media scrub, and Tony said the game has done really well. Yeah, that's bullshit, though, because, like... Yeah, I know. You can look up a little bit on the sales. It made less than a million dollars in the UK in its first week. It made less than a million dollars on Steam in its first week. So unless unless the fucking PS5 version sold millions of copies, which believe me, if that happened, we'd hear about it. Yep. Like I, I don't like giving Mike Straw credit on anything, but he did make the point. Like they they went way over budget with this game, and there's no way they make the money back. L- let me let me put it this way, because we're gonna talk about UFC in a minute. Remember the thing I sent you yesterday about how much, uh, how many copies they needed to sell to uh, break even with Undisputed? Like how many copies they didn't sell that would have made it? Yeah. Like they needed six hundred thousand to break even. Si- they needed two millions. They got one point four million. They needed the six hundred thousand. The AEW game needed like six fifty to break even. Is what I've heard. And what I've heard is that they did not get half of that. As of the last, as of the last time, the person that told me this had heard they had not hit 350,000 units. And from what that person told me, and I'm not going to out who it was, but uh, that person was like, yeah, we don't expect there's going to be anything that drives sales for this game going forward. So for all the people that were like, oh, well, we're going to get that big content patch, that's not coming. The Danhausen and Hook DLC will eke out, and the game will fucking die a death. There will be no there. I'd almost bet money on this. There's not going to be any future DLC. There's not going to be any future like major patches. There's there's people within the company that are like, well, we can do a sequel. No, you can't. You burned the entire fucking fan base. They waited two and a half years and this is what you gave them. 
I would go as far to say if they do a sequel, Kenny Omega can't be involved. Because he he beat his chest about my reputations on the line with this game. Yeah, great gameplay. Everything else fucking sucks. It's as poorly managed as every other piece of merchandise, every other revenue stream that AEW has. And this has been a problem with the company since day fucking one. And I, I talked about this on a podcast with a friend of mine two years ago after All Out when CM Punk came in. That video game is it's a watershed moment because you have the ability to fucking make fans. If people stream the game and the game looks fun and the game is good, for lack of a better term, you'll get people that maybe wouldn't have tried it otherwise. You'll get the people like that fucking mythical fan that didn't like wrestling, but they played the games with their friends because the games were fun. They're, they're not touching this game. They're not touching 2K either. Like, the, the horse has left the fucking barn. They didn't, they didn't serve the actual wrestling fans well enough. And say you were one of those casuals that didn't like wrestling, what is there in Fight Forever that you'd want to play? The mini games are not fun at all. And, like, Fortnite mode, that might be cool if Create a Wrestler mode was deep, but Create a Wrestler mode is not nearly as good as fucking games from 2000. It's so funny. Um, you know, when the game was announced and you talk about, like, having, like, Gators on and uh, Ukes and all these people that were, like, instrumental to the history of wrestling video games. And, and two people on the Western side thought they knew better than all of them. Yeah, there's an opportunity when you're combining all these people to do something really special. And instead of doing that, you fill the game up with a bunch of mini games and a Fortnite mode. It's <laughs> it the AEW make... side. The AEW side was far more harmful to the game than the, the Western development side of any WWE game ever has been. How do you not just and also get us on really wasn't that involved with the game. What was he? He, had, he was an advisor. He was hired for the fucking optics of like, we, we got him the name value. Yeah. Sort of saying, look at and, the, um, got this guy. Like, how do you not just tell you, like, this is our vision and just have get on lead the fucking team and stay the fuck out of it. Why? Like Kenny Omega could have still had his name on there as like the creative director. And we could have had a good fucking game. Now his name's on there as the creative director, and it's the most disappointing wrestling game ever released. The, 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 there's nothing else. Think about all the expectations that were placed on this game by AEW themselves. And then look at the game that we got. And again, there, there are going to be people like, wow, you've really turned on that game. I will always say that that is the best playing 3D wrestling game we've gotten since fucking like All-Stars. It is a fantastic game in the ring. The rest of the package sucks. It's horrible. Yeah, it's it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's. I don't know what to say anymore. It's we've gone. We've talked about it for so many episodes now, and and there's. It's obviously not going to improve. Um, and also, I just got the fucking email for the Keith Lee and Bunny DLC. Like, what the fuck? That's been out for weeks. I saw them talking about that in in the uh, the Discord that. Um, AEW had announced the DLC and then there was nothing from THQ Nordic or the AEW games account for days. It's THQ Nordic and they're not going to admit this fucking publicly. THQ Nordic has given up on that game. Oh yeah, sure. 100%. There's not going to be any long-term support and honestly, 
if um if they don't have a long term commitment, somebody should scoop you up. Yeah, hundred percent. Uh, hey, you- cyber agent, you guys are worth like multiple hundreds of millions of dollars. You want to sink like eighty million into a wrestling game because you're already sinking about that much into Noah and fucking DDT and all the satellite promotions. You might as well sink something into something that might make some fucking money. It'll be interesting to see what happens with you because I mean you're talking about a studio that's. I mean, they've done other things here and there, but it's pretty much been a wrestling game studio since their inception, really. So we'll and to see what happens. They're the most, um, they're the most experienced wrestling game devs ever. And you know what? Let me quantify it this way: they're the most successful, just by virtue of all the games they've released. If you look in the history of wrestling games, like the most well-received wrestling games, the majority of them are going to have Ukes as the developer. I, I think... And I've seen people saying like, well, this game proves Ukes aren't that good. Ukes are fantastic when they're left the fuck alone and given minimal oversight. Yeah, I, I don't know what the next step is for them because you talk about like Cyber Agent and stuff like that, but the Japanese companies don't seem willing to invest in a video game unless it's something that it's already pre-existing like by a pro. Um, you know, obviously, we haven't had like a, a proper console game from anyone in Japan for years. So what does Yuke's do? Do they, you know, develop their own game? That's what they were talking about before EW, right? Yeah, but that was also like, they weren't allowed at that point to say it was AEW because the deal wasn't done yet. Right. It's like one of those weird, like, KG Japanese businessmen kind of things where like, oh, we we might do something with original characters. No, you were... You were you were setting up to do a game for the competition. Um, do they maybe and, not do a wrestling game next? Like, I don't know. I mean, they get contracted to do other stuff. I just don't know what Yuke's future is if they're not doing wrestling. Because we're, we're, we're going to segue into the UFC stuff here. It's not like there's a fucking viable license for like a competitive MMA game or a competitor brand MMA game. Uh, we did get the UFC 5 gameplay first look trailer yesterday, and the one negative that I'm going to bring up is there is the microtransaction aspect that we don't know a lot about yet. Um, we do know that it ties in somehow to the um, the fight week stuff, which is how you can earn uh, in-game currency to unlock like the alter ego costumes and stuff. Um, everything else here looks like the game looks amazing graphically. Like this wasn't a cinematic trailer. Like we saw, um, it, the lighting is fantastic. The character models look great. The damage, like, do you see the shit where they were going through like all the different, like facial damage schemes on fucking Justin Gaethje? Yeah. Yeah. You can lump somebody up where they look like fucking sloth from the Goonies. It's amazing. (laughs) The blood looks incredible. They have like a system in the game where if you leg kick somebody, they won't be able to post up on that leg and throw leg kicks, which means an MMA game has better limb selling than like any wrestling game, which is crazy. Then again, you wouldn't need limb selling in a modern wrestling game anyway, because nobody sells anything. So there you go. (laughs) The cinematic uh, KO replays remind me a lot of like you played Fight Night Round 3, right? Like everybody fucking played that game. Yeah. Like the the knockdown animations where it was like zoomed in and you saw the punch land and like the fucking wave effect across the face. Yeah, like that stuff's in this game. And it looks so good. 
Yeah. It, it, the, it, the, the elephant in the room is Fedor's got the pride shirt and there's no pride uh, mode. And That drove me crazy. And they had pride vanity items in four as well. Cause you might remember when the trailer came out, there was for four, there was all the like copyright strike force and all this other stuff. Right. And it was like, no, they just put the gloves in the game, which was annoying. And then like, I was playing four recently and they have the Japanese rounds in the game. So like just mocap the stomps in the fucking knees to the head. Like, what are, what are we doing? Like, what, what is this? Really weird was, at the end of the trailer seeing Muhammad Ali with MMA UFC gloves on. It's just it's like when you play a wrestling game and somebody's missing like a piece of their attire or wrist tape or something and it's just like that's off. And seeing him with those gloves just felt really strange and, and off putting. Well I mean Tyson had them too. The thing is like yeah. they have to have the MMA gloves because if they get taken down they're gonna have to be able to like grapple. Yeah I I know but like you know what I want? I want a game that's like the MMA MMA modes in pro wrestling games. Like in in King of Colosseum, you can have someone that only does strikes. And I want a different style fight fight game. And it's not everyone in MMA gloves. It's people in boxing gloves and and people in. Uh, Isn't like that world... just the Wild Rings? Oh yeah, or like World Fighting on PS2. I enjoyed that. Game. Right. I don't have that big of a problem with it in the sense that this is supposed to be like, what if like Ali yeah. and Tyson competed in MMA? Yeah, I understand um, it. It's just, it just, I don't know. I just, it, it, I saw fun. you're not in the UFC five discord. Are you be thankful oh, if you're I'll not? Go. Cause there's some idiots in there. Um, there were people talking about like, well, Ali shouldn't be able to take a head kick because he didn't fight people through head kicks. And it's like, this isn't meant to be like literal 19 fucking 71 Muhammad Ali dropped into the UFC. This is like Ali and Tyson. If they they had like base level MMA training on top of the boxing. Yeah. What if scenario? Cause like, otherwise like Ali, his footwork would have to be shit. Cause he wouldn't be able to wear shoes. And that doesn't make any sense that he wouldn't fucking feel like you're playing as Muhammad Ali. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, at the end of the day, it's a video game, you know? <laughs> yeah. It, like, I, I'm i not expecting to fucking triangle choke people with Mike Tyson, but if I can do it, that's fucking hilarious. Let me do it. And speaking of the submissions, that submission system looks neat. I'm looking for... I'm looking forward to them talking about it more in a deep dive because it really does look like whatever position you're in, you just hit L2 and pu uh, push the stick in the direction of, like, your submission. And it, it seems like from the little that we saw of it, your opponent has to guess the correct transition out, or you can just keep going for the submission until you get it. Cause they show, um, I, it might've been Charles Oliveira. Yeah, it was. He did like a calf slicer. That was like, it starts as like a leg lock, but as, uh, Machev starts to try to like get away from him, he like fucking rolls him through into, a like a calf slicer with like a fucking like bear hug kind of thing going on or, or was that not the um I know it was Oliveira doing it. I it might not have been Machev that he did it to, but it was like I saw that calf slicer and my immediate thought was like, that's a really cool finish for pro wrestling, actually. Yeah, You'd have it, to be careful about it because calf slicers are like a little too much pressure and you've just ruined somebody's life. Yeah, it did look good. I will say this though. At the end of the day, after watching the trailer, I'll give it a shot. I, I signed up for the uh, beta access. But I don't have any interest in this game. I 
I I, I haven't watched you. I, I pre-ordered. I haven't watched UFC in years. I don't know anyone that I've in this game. Like, it's so far off my radar. So um, here's my question. Would yeah. you be willing to do the 99 cents for EA Play to get a 10-hour free trial so we can do a critical special report on the game? Yeah, I'd, I'd have no problem with that. I think it's 99 cents, right? It might not be 99 cents in like a month when the game comes out, but I think EA Play is like $5. Regard- well, so it's like I- 5 bucks. I've actually got Xbox Live now because of uh, our Xbox um, Game Pass because oh. of Garfield. So maybe it'll be on there. Yeah, I think it will be. I I watched the UFC card last night. Main event was insane. I have no idea why the judge that scored it a draw scored the last round ten eight. That's insane. But it's Vegas, right? They're gonna Vegas judges are gonna Vegas judge. But uh, everything I saw in this trailer, other than like the microtransaction thing. I was like, yeah, this is this is what I want. Like the blood looks incredible in some of the shots of like uh, Stipe Miocic versus John Jones. There's like just pools of it on the. It looks like Legends of Wrestling, in in the sense that like it's just like blood just pooled on the canvas, and it looks so cool. I'm curious how the new damage system changes the way the game feels because there's a sim mode, and in the sim mode, damage is ramped way up. So if you get hit, you're getting cut. And if the cut's too bad, it's going to get stopped. It's going to be real interesting to watch people playing sim mode online, like the really high-level players like Marshall Mind. It's going to be really, really interesting to see how they take to the game. And obviously, he's he's one of the EA like um, uh, design council guys, so he's obviously been playing it for like a year now, probably. So he's 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 going to know the ins and outs better than any of us. I'm really excited for this game. I'm hoping when the deep dive, which uh, hey, Steve, Dave on the Discord has said will be between 15 and 20 minutes, which says to me there's a lot of shit they got to get to just within the core, like inside the Octagon gameplay. I'm hoping there's nothing I see in that that like dissuades me because I wasn't like I pre-ordered four and wasn't nearly this excited for the game. I didn't pre-order three. I actually I think I bought three when it was on sale, like the week of the Connor and Habib Nurmagomedov fight because I was just like, eh, eh, two was all right, but I wasn't a huge fan. And I ended up like three's a really good game. Three was very, very good. Four, I've begrudgingly come to accept. Um, I'm I'm just hopeful five is actually good. There's a lot of a lot of things they're doing with it that I like on paper and what we've saw in that trailer. And again, goddamn the graphics. Like UFC four was really showing the age of the engine by the time it came out. Like some of those models look good, but it's also like, oh, you're you're still using an engine from like 2012. This game looks like a next gen like sports game, which is nice. And I'm also curious because like there's potential for like Brock Lesnar and Ronda Rousey to be in this game. I'm curious if their UFC models are still better than the 2K models. I would think so. Because like you've seen everybody's seen the screenshots, right? Like Ronda in 2K19 versus Ronda in EA UFC 3. Yeah, it's like night and day. And I think people even did the comparison with like 2K22 and or 2K23 rather and her model from like UFC 4, which like there's a console generation difference there, but the UFC model still looked really good. So it, it'll it, it's always fun to compare stuff like that, I guess. Also, it was brought to my attention when I was playing my friend Doug in UFC 4 recently. He, he, he got a couple of fluke wins over me, but the dog struck again repeatedly did just a matter of life. Uh, 
I'm sorry, I got completely sidetracked. Oh, uh, CM Punk is the only person to appear in a WWE, AEW, and UFC game. So what I'm saying is we need Paul White in UFC 5 <laughs> so that Punk's no longer the only one. <laughs> I'm I'm hopeful, like, through the alter egos, we get some, like, interesting variations of people. Like, we know we're getting classic John Jones. We're getting Alexander Volkanovsky based on when he played rugby, which is weird. We're getting, like, a kickboxing Israel Adesanya. And, you know, obviously there's three different Bruce Lees. One of them, I think the lightweight version, is him with, like, the slash marks on his body from the end of Enter the Dragon, which, that's fucking cool. <laughs> that's really cool. Um, I'm curious if they put the sound effects back in for him, because they took those out in four, and I don't know why. It makes playing as Bruce Lee way less fun. When you'll hear, like, the whoop when you fucking yeah. throw shit. They should, um... um one of the ults for Mike Tyson should be, like, the Enforcer from 2K. When they lost the license. <laughs> and they fucking modeled him after, like, one of the devs. That's so great. I, I'm curious if we do get, like, alter egos for Tyson. Like, do they do bald face tat Tyson? Maybe one with an ear hanging out of his mouth or something. Yeah, you know what? There was rumors that there's a, a new fight night coming after this game. Can we just get, like, George Foreman in UFC 5? I don't think I'm asking for too much here. I just want to play George Foreman versus fucking Derek Lewis. Are they ever going to release that Undisputed on consoles? You know what? I've been wondering the same freaking thing. They did just announce that like there's um the create a fighter mode and career mode are finally coming to the PC early access version. And I've also heard from friends of mine who have the early access version that that game's it's not particularly great, but at this point, like, I just want a new boxing game, and that game looks pretty good graphically. Oh, somebody also put that model from Undisputed of Ali next to the EA UFC model, and yeah. There's a big difference in quality, but also, the Undisputed dev is a small, like, independent studio. Yeah, what they've done so, is, at least graphically, I think, even if it's not as good as, obviously, as... as ufc i still think what they've done is pretty outstanding from a graphics standpoint. yeah it looks great graphically and like roster wise for a studio that size to have acquired everybody that they've got like a lot of the biggest stars in boxing are in this game like i'm pretty sure they have tyson fury and anthony joshua i know for a fact they have fury i wonder if like fight night or undisputed could get like do you remember like when Game Face was pop though was like when around uh uh Fight Night Round Three came out and people were creating like um Rocky, Rocky yeah and, and uh Clubber Lang and Ivan Drago. I want all of them as like licensed characters in Fight Night are undisputed. I wonder if they can get them because there is Creed games with with uh those characters in, but I wonder if they could get the license. I mean they're EA, they have more money than God. Yeah, that's true. They um here's the thing though, somebody was pointing this out. I think it might have actually been Hey Steve Dave. Cause there was somebody in the Discord like they don't pay as much attention. They they don't give as much care to the UFC games as they do Madden. Like, no shit. Madden's Madden's the big one. That and the uh the football game, the like actual football game. I don't know if they would devote like a ton of resources financially to like Fight Night, but I, I there's the idea of Fight Night with like movie boxers is infinitely more interesting than if they were like oh let's get like some of the you let, let's put conor mcgregor in fight night like that doesn't fucking matter to me yeah i don't think like the 
the Rocky license is too hard to get. I mean, there's been a bunch of Rocky games, and like, as I said, there, there's like that arcade Creed game with all those guys in it. So I don't think it would be that far of a stretch. No, and also I'm looking at the um the undisputed roster right now. They've got fucking almost everybody. They they've got Canelo Alvarez, yeah, and Tyson Fury and fucking Deontay Wilder and the fucking Terrence Crawford's right there. Alexander Usyk. They got Roy Jones Jr. and and obviously they have the legends like Sugar Ray Roberts. Robert that yeah, Sugar Ray Robinson. If I could learn to speak, that'd be great. But like, there's so many like the Joe Lewis, Rocky Marciano. They got fucking Eddie Hall. They got that uh, one chick, uh, Ebony Bridges, who I think she's not the girl that pulled her honkers out and advertised her OnlyFans after a fight. I don't know why I thought she was. Why do I know who the hell Ebony Bridges is? Anyway, they got Arturo Gotti. That's kind of cool. God, all these models look really freaking good. Frank Bruno, that fucking asshole. He fought Mike Tyson twice. He's probably not an asshole, in fairness. Uh, they got Tommy Morrison, which, to your point about Rocky, that's just Tommy Gunn. You swap the shorts and the gloves on him, and right there you go. He was in the last... He was in Fight Night Champion, wasn't he? Yeah, because um, they did the... Did you watch the YouTube shorts they did going into Fight Night Champion? Like, the little sit-down interviews with, like, Tyson, Tommy Morrison. Oh. Um, I want to say Bernard Hopkins might have been one of them, too. Yeah, the Tommy Morrison one was wild, because he was obviously not doing super great health wise at that time obviously you know he, he was bald he didn't have the mullet anymore wasn't in particularly great shape and he was he passed away a couple of years i think about two and a half years after that game came out but like his whole like interview was interesting because in the tyson one was too like you got like a look into the lives of these guys and God, I loved Fight Night Champions so much. Do you remember when they released that on PS, like PS3, where it was like ten bucks for the base game, and then you could pay a couple of dollars for the, the big modes that you wanted? I remember something crazy like that. Yeah. Why the fuck don't more sports games do that? I, I don't need to spend the whole sixty. Give me like, give me play now, and then let me buy the career mode and the fighter creator for like four bucks each, and then just give me DLC for like extra fighters. Like, I, I'm cool with that. Then again, I'm cool with paying 60 bucks if the game, or I guess 70 bucks now on current gen, if the game's like fully featured. Like, if, if there's enough stuff for me to do that, I feel like I'm going to get my value out of it, um, which would segue into Mortal Kombat 1 if I felt like talking about that game, which I do. But there, is there any other wrestling game news? Uh, I say any other. We haven't talked about wrestling game news at all. Still haven't played WrestleQuest yet because I got caught up in Mortal Kombat and Starfield, so. I haven't bought it yet because I don't have enough time to like sit down and devote to playing that game. That's another thing too. Like if if I'm gonna play that, I want to be focused on just that and nothing else. And it's shitty time of the year because MK1 just came out, Spider-Man and UFC come out next month, Super Mario RPG in November. Yeah, it's, it's all packed. Who did yeah. the Who did the wrestling court announce recently? Oh, Adam Bomb. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 2022 is all gameplay. And um, he he shared a video of him doing like a a spinning, uh, back elbow into the into the ring like a off from the apron, and they reached out to somebody else like an indie worker. I was like, hey, can uh, are you ready to do this or something? Which um, it, I don't know. It's just strange. This whole mocap dealy. Yeah, I twenty twenty two is all gameplay. 
Three three days ago they had uh, GTG doing mocap. So twenty twenty two is all gameplay. Yeah, nothing more on Ultra Pro. And I wish there was. No, but yeah, yeah. I was say no. I, w- I wish there was. Remember when we were like, yeah, Sam doing the social, not doing social media anymore might be the best thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, maybe we need Sam back. I don't know. Like tagging Ed Boone in a tweet with a video of your game. I mean, I, guess I, I don't good. know. And also, like all of the articles they retweet saying this is the the Aki engine. No, it isn't. Even if you yeah. get close enough, you're still not one to one. Nothing's going to be one to one. That game I, does I, look it, great, though. Yeah, I hate articles like that saying like the the Aki engine is back because it's not. Obviously, it's inspired by it. It's going to be as close as they can get to it. But it's disingenuous to say the Aki engine is back in your headline. It's also really disingenuous to retweet those headlines. Yeah. The guy that's doing the uh the social media for UPW is a follower of mine and we, we go back and forth a bit, but um Yeah. He I, seems I, like a nice guy. Yeah, absolutely. I, I just I wouldn't put some of that stuff out there. I mean I think the the uh, tweeting Ed Boone is maybe hopes that maybe some of the Mortal Kombat audience will get turned on to UPW, but it's also a very different audience. Yeah. I think think anybody that's going to be interested in UPW, like the really hardcores already know about it, and the more casuals will come once the, you know, the it really kicks into gear with more gameplay and stuff. Um, Agreed. But yeah, I'm ready for new announcements. I'm ready to see more gameplay, and I hope it's not too far off. Same here. I really want to see, like, the character models for some of the free agents. Yeah, yeah, I'd love to see those. Let me see Demolition. Yes. And Arn and Hayabusa and Bull Nakano. Just all of them, basically. I still don't know why Kickstarter fucking told me, like, my card wasn't working. Like, I actually have to buy that game now. I'm not going to get early access, unfortunately. Shit happens. Yeah, I was having a lot of weird issues with my card around that time, because, like, that was... I want to say around the... Was that around the time the Rick Rude Jake Roberts Coliseum Collection came out, I want to say? That Kickstarter, because one of the payments I did for that, like they tried to tell me it, it didn't go through, but my bank was like, no, it did. And then it worked itself out. But Kickstarter never worked itself out. And I like emailed them about it and they were like, yeah, there's there's an issue with the, the payment method. And I was like, well, fuck. Shit happens, I suppose. So it's been two weeks since the last one of these we did. So we haven't talked about the Epic Toys Bulldogs. I just thought about Are we that. We're going to talk about Mortal Kombat 1 first. Oh, fuck, I guess. Yeah. I I ended up having the entire story spoiled as the preload was downloading and was mad that I bought the game. And it's it's a really obtuse reasoning, but there's so much cool stuff in the story that I think is is like a neat new like refreshing take like Scorpion Sub-Zero and Smoke being brothers and Scorpion being Kwai Liang the second Sub-Zero, he even gets the eye scar in the story. Yeah, Chronica. I was like, shit, that's cool. I didn't even think about that. I was kind of hoping it would happen, and then I saw it, and I was like, yep, that's that's oh. cool. The Shirai Ryu replacing the fucking Lin Kuei, that's obviously an interesting little thing. Why would he, why would he do that, though? He's not, he's not Japanese anymore. No, he's not. <laughs> he's like... um, He's not Hanzo Hisashi. <laughs> what the why, fuck? Why, why would you name, name it a... give it a Japanese clan name? You're not... I don't know. The Kronika being in the timeline, despite like Liu Kang intending for her to not exist, 
that's a really interesting fucking like wrinkle to the story. But when you blow it open to like, there are multiple timelines, like fuck you. I, I don't want multiverse bullshit in mortal Kombat, which I mean, we kind of had it in MK 11 too. And I didn't like it there either. And and I thought like the whole idea of starting this as Mortal Kombat One and starting over was like leaving that stuff in the past with the last game, and like they really blew it open again with this game. And yeah, like, so I wasn't so mad when I saw it in the game itself, but reading the story spoilers, and I still would have preferred a straight up Mortal Kombat story. I wanted to, when you talk about going to, back to Mortal Kombat One, then I expect everything think think being its own set universe and you're just doing the same thing again in a way i will say they jacked off everybody who loved those ps2 era games you've got quan chi and shang sung as the deadly alliance again they literally redo the fucking big pyramid fight from armageddon which that tickled me when i saw that yeah that's crazy i was like holy shit like you just do you've done one two three and and the the previous remake or the the remake Mortal Kombat Nine, and you've had elements of of the other games, and now you're straight up doing Armageddon again. And I was like, fucking hell. <laughs> My biggest problem with this series since the MK Nine reboot is everything they tease at the end ends up not fucking happening in the next game. Like Nine sets up, we're getting a remake of MK Four. And then it's not a tens, not a remake of MK four. It's like, it's a really shitty story for being honest, but 10 has the awesome ending with like Liu Kang and fucking Kitana, like ruling the nether realm or whatever. Yeah. It was the nether realm. They didn't rule out world and fucking Raiden comes in and he's like, yeah, you know what? Fuck with earth realm. See what happens. And he throws like Shinnok's head, like severed head on the ground. Like, yeah, he can't die, but there's fates worse than death. You fuck with me. Find out. And then like, you're like, oh shit, Liu Kang and Katana are going to be like the, the big bads in Mortal Kombat 11. They're like the fucking number four bad guys in that game. Yeah, the at the end of the day, they they always end up as uh, minions. In like, what the fuck? And then like, Liu Kang restarts the timeline. It's like, okay, the next game's going to be really interesting. They announce it's called Mortal Kombat 1, which if I could be pedantic for a minute... Mortal Kombat 1 implies we're going back to, like, the original point in the storyline, so, like, the early 90s. This is clearly a game set in modern times. Yeah. Those HD TVs and stuff. Yeah. I would have, like, because the idea of them doing a 90s, like, game, that's really interesting, actually. And obviously it didn't, didn't end up panning out that way. There's so much interesting stuff in the story, but then it's like, tee we're doing the multiverse thing that people are fucking sick of. And, like, the only people that really still are like, oh, man, the multiverse are, like, the really insane people that, like, watch every bit of, like, the MCU. And, like, are still holding on to, like, 2018, 2019, like, when that was the thing that was, like, the over, the overwhelming, like, force in pop culture. Because... Most of the other people I know that were into that stuff have, like, moved on. Yeah, I think, obviously, for this game, they were developing that story around this time as well. So they probably saw what was going on in Marvel and DC and said, you know, maybe this is the way we should go. I, I hope they... And, again, I like some of the stuff in regarding, like, the, the timelines in this game, but I do hope that's the end of it. It was so It won't be. Well, it's so interesting to me, like, how you could have had... The whole you could have had the whole storyline be, you know, the Mortal Kombat tournament goes fine, but 
you know, current Shang Tsung is still messing around, and you could have had Outworld turn against Earthrealm again. But it it's so weird as how as how like they wrap up the tournament in the middle of the game. It's like, oh, Raiden's the the champion, and then you don't. That's really not see... even in the middle. That's like twenty percent of the way through the story. Then you don't even see Raiden. I feel like you don't even see Raiden for the rest of the game. It goes back to Liu Kang being like the main part of the story, which completely ruins the whole idea of those two switching roles. Yeah, there, there was one point. It's like, oh, we have to wait for for Kung Lao and Raiden. And then I was thinking later, I was like, I haven't even seen Raiden. Like, what happened to him? He's gone. The next Raiden you see is the, the Raiden from the previous timeline, who's like an old white dude. Who they they, yeah. changed, they changed his voice for some reason. They got a new voice actor for for his role in this one. There's there's a lot of goofy shit. You know, you could do this almost this exact same storyline and just take the multiverse stuff out. Yeah, pretty much. And they set up havoc and a lot of the like little original dudes and dudettes you fight. That's gonna be the DLC. Yeah, yeah. I just do they call the next game Mortal Kombat Two? I think they will. Yeah. I God, I was so excited for this game, and also the fucking I had twice as much space as you need to install this game, and I still had to delete shit to make room for it on my solid state drive. This game is twice the install size of Street Fighter Six, and it is not two times the game. Like one hundred forty-five gigabytes, right? Yes, that's like like that's almost two and a half times Street Fighter Six currently sitting on my solid state drive. I was trying to download it on Wi-Fi, and it was taking goddamn forever. So I I connected the Ethernet cable, and it was a lot faster, but still like an hour or something. Once I got like that was once I got like forty percent in. Yeah, I, I. Still do like the game. I I don't hate the story. There's stuff that, you know, I don't think needed to be involved. I will see probably the worst thing about the story is Megan Fox, who is like, I I don't have anything against her personally. It's just like, I don't get it. Like I I don't know how this deal came together. Like they they released her own video denouncing her as Natara. Like Megan Fox hasn't been like a name in Hollywood for years, and they they had. Sylvester Stallone voicing Rambo, who's still a name, and he didn't get his own video, and and Peter Weller didn't really get his own video, but they really pushed Megan Fox before this came out, and I think it was Jeff Gersman who said, I don't even think he knew it was Megan Fox at the time, but like, when Natara speaks, she's got like this valley girl voice, and you don't expect that at all, and it doesn't fit with anything else in the game, it's so misplaced, and her performance is is really bad. She's not a good actor to begin with, for being honest. It's just, I don't know how she got that deal at all. It should probably be noted also that, like, the cameo fighters are a big part of the gameplay. And you spend a significant chunk of, like, the first half of story mode without a cameo. And it feels really weird because the game is so dependent on them that it's, it's, like, glaringly obvious when you fucking play the fights where they're not available, like, how much the game kind of does rely on them. Because in the AI fights where they have the cameo fighters, they're in like every two seconds. Yeah, pretty much. Like it, it's meant to be like a big part of the gameplay. They're just just not there. It there's so many good ideas, and it feels like the execution's not necessarily there. Which was kind of how I felt about MK11. And this one's more frustrating, though, because it was meant to be like, okay, for real this time, guys, we're rebooting shit and we're not going to do any goofy shit anymore. 
And then, like, they have they have one trick that they can play with the modern era MK games, and it's we're gonna fuck with the time stream. And this is game number four of that, and I'm tired of it. Like, learn a new fucking trick, learn a new yeah. hole. They they sort of set themselves up now. I mean, <laughs> I can't even. Where do you go from here? I, well, I was gonna say they've set themselves up now where they need a new big bad, but they can do that timeline shit again, and 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 bring these characters over again or other characters so i don't know where they go from now i will say in regards to like extras i was disappointed i i like the concept of like the the crypt i mean it's frustrating because you have to go through reach one and open every one but like it feels like there's not as many extras as there used to be just maybe just just because the way it's set up you've got the shrine where you can like donate coins and you always get like bit when you do that the other way you unlock skins and stuff is going through Invasion. So the Invasion mode is like a, a board game where you go through like a, a level. and then That's the like the coolest is... aspect of this game. Yeah, it's it's actually kind of addictive because I'd be like, I was playing it last night and I played through Johnny Cage's mansion and the seasonal boss is like Scorpion. And I started to play it and I was like, okay, so I unlocked this skin. You know, I I should turn it off now, and go to sleep, and I was like, oh, I'll I'll do one more, oh, I'll do two two more, but it it, it gets annoying at some points because there's like, I hate ambush ambushes, where it's like it's like if you're playing an RPG game and you you have like a random encounter and you, that happens sometimes and I just they, and they annoy the piss out of me. There was one point like a portal came up and I was transported to this place where I opened a chest, and then it teleported me like three times, so I opened like three different chests and I was like, I don't know. Why? But oh, that was cool. There's like towers in this invasion board, which I kind of find annoying. I'm like, oh no, another another tower. They're not hard or anything. It's just I don't, I don't, I just want one fight and then move on. So yeah, invasion is is interesting. I just wish that it felt like that was there was more extras to the game, sort of like a a crypt or something like that. And I wish that there was like AI battles because I I'm not someone that considers myself good at fighting games. I'm probably not going to play online with randos. Um, I did like the the thing that they had last year where you could do AI battles, and you know they would they would fight on your behalf, and you would still earn um, skins and and consumables and objects and stuff like that. And they've removed that completely, so I thought that was kind of disappointing. I I have the capacity to be good at fighting games occasionally. I I like the mechanical gameplay in a lot of the NetherRealm Studios Mortal Kombat stuff since like 11, no, 2011 MK9, but I, I'm not going to get a lot out of this game gameplay-wise. The cameo thing is interesting, but I I spent a lot of time in training mode fucking around with Reptile because he's like the one character in the game that I actually would want to play as. Just gameplay-wise, that's that section of the story mode was the most fun. Yeah. Uh, Sub-Zero was, was a lot of fun too. Scorpion, though, is, uh, they massacred my boy. He's not fun to play as at all. I think the ones I find the most fun to play as are Reptile and uh, Raiden. Because Raiden got... was a lot of fun. He's it, It's like a completely different take on Raiden after a certain point with the moveset and how everything functions. Yeah, and it, it's interesting, too, because he gets his um, like powers from like an amulet. and But like people like Scorpion and Sub Zero just automatically have theirs. I thought it was yeah. They should have done the Arcana bullshit from the 2021 movie because we need an explanation for why everybody has powers. 
Which is funny because that felt in itself was almost like an idea of uh, from Annihilation. Remember all the the villains had tattoos and that, and they like flew away once once they got defeated. Yeah, I. There's aspects of that movie that I didn't mind. Like Hiroyuki Sonata is Scorpion. I've said this on the podcast a bunch. Probably, he's great as Scorpion. Joe Taslam is fantastic as Sub Zero. Yeah. I didn't like anything else about that movie. I liked Kano. Yeah. Sonia was all right. I actually really did like the Liu Kang and uh, Kung Lao. And coming out of that movie, I would have liked to have seen like an HBO um, Shaolin Monk series with them. I think that would have been neat. But yeah, everyone else. Eh. I, I have to say that I, I, I've said this before too, that I do like that movie. I don't, I'm not going to sit here and say it's a great movie. Not even necessarily a good movie, but I do enjoy it. It's better than Annihilation, but it's not nearly as good as the 95 movie. (laughs) Yeah. No, definitely not. I mean, that one's kind of a classic at this point. Uh, They've had to stop filming the second one due to the strikes, but I'm interested in seeing how that turns out, because the guy that they've got playing Shao Kahn is, like, fucking ridiculously huge. And uh, the the casting that they've got for Katana, uh, or Melina, no, Katana, I guess she's probably playing both parts now. Seems better than the actress that played uh, Molina in the first one. And they're bringing in, like, Sindel and a few other characters, I think, without were announced the current man. But Baraka, Quan Chi's, though. I'm curious. Speaking of Quan Chi, does he, did he look, like, a little weird to you in, like, MK1? Yeah, this changed. So, he, when he starts out, he's, like, dark-skinned. And... Um, during the story, he gets it. I just meant like his head was shaped weird. Oh no, no! I thought his model looked good. I, I thought you meant like his skin color changes. No, like that. Well, that was like noticeable too. But like when he first showed up, like the voice didn't match what I've always associated with him. But also, like his head's so fucking weirdly shaped. Like if you took like a PlayStation One character model and like made it an actual human, like that's the head shape we're talking about. Ah, no, I didn't notice. I, I do wish they used the previous voice actor for him from, uh, like, MK9 and, and, and those games, because that guy was really good. Yeah. Yeah, I... I've always liked Quad Chi. He was my favorite character in MK4. I really loved when, like, he was, like, one half of the, the shit in Deadly Alliance. Yeah. Uh, I don't feel like he's been done particularly well in terms of like his presentation in any of the games after that. Cause like, he's obviously not around in deception. He's in Armageddon cause fucking everybody is. He pops up story-wise at the ass end of nine. I think he might've been DLC for nine. You know, he was DLC for nine. I didn't like him in more. I didn't like anything about Mortal Kombat 10 story except for like the, the tease for 11 like that that whole story just sucked. They should be ashamed of themselves. I don't even remember anything about Quan Chi and MK11 if he's even in that fucking story. Ooh, no, I don't even remember being him. I think he is. Is he? If it God, feels no, like he know. might be. I don't fucking know. No. But he's he's really cool in MK4 and Deadly Alliance and even in uh, Mortal Kombat Mythologies which not a great game, but also in some ways not nearly as bad as it's friggin' made out to be. There's a there's a lot worse games released in that era. Oh yeah, and uh, it's a shame that game that series died because I think wasn't Scorpion or Johnny Cage like the next one that was being planned. 
I think Scorpion was going to be planned. And then, of course, the other cancelled game was um, after show. Fire and Ice. Fire and Ice, yeah. Because that, that game needed to fucking die so MK versus DC could run. LOL. I told I said this to you a few days ago, but what what I, I remember hearing is that when WB Discovery took over, one of the things they felt was that the Mortal Kombat brand wasn't out there enough because the game had the previous games have obviously done huge and the movie did better than expected too. So they were looking at expanding Mortal Kombat, and they fucking need to get like that third person action game out there, a new one. So, as yeah, because fighting games aren't necessarily accessible. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so as I said to you the other day, like Monolith is making a Wonder Woman game. Like once they're done that, they should use the Nemesis engine and it's all on an MK game. I think that'd be a good idea. Yeah, I also had no idea that game existed until you mentioned it. Yeah, they haven't said anything about it since the teaser came out. I think some um, some guy like leaked art on his LinkedIn page. Which was like Wonder Woman with a, a military soldier, um, but that's it so far. You it's gonna be it. interesting to see. Did you see that they're doing like a um, a Captain America Black Panther game? Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, and there's like an EA Iron. Man. I have no faith in an EA Iron Man game. No, that um, that Wolverine game though, that should be cool. I, I saw some of the gameplay. I haven't seen all of it. That uh, dropped Friday from Spider-Man 2. That game looks incredible. Everybody seems to think this is the best game Insomniac's ever made. Everybody that's worked on it. It's a tall order to be better than Spider-Man 2018. Like a really tall order. So I'm, I'm going to try to keep my expectations a little bit tempered going in. But I'm real excited. Here's the thing. I have that game pre-ordered. I know I'm going to like it because I did like the first Spider-Man game. I like Miles Morales a lot. Watching the gameplay hasn't done a thing for me. And I'm not entirely sure what it is. I think maybe it's because it looks so similar to the first game. I mean, it's a Spider-Man game. It's in New York. What else is really going to change about it that much? Other than the gameplay mechanics of Venom and stuff like that. But, but as long as they're building on that, like I know I'm going to like it. It's just that it won't be until I get my hands on it that I'm going to be like, okay, this is this is really awesome. I still haven't pre-ordered it yet. <laughs> huh. Yeah, I jumped on that gonna, like same time as Mortal Kombat. I planned on doing it. Well, see, that was my mistake was I bought Mortal Kombat one instead of pre-ordering Spider-Man. Ah, uh, I'm probably gonna pre-order like this week, this coming week, or uh, or next week because I I gotta come to a conclusion on that eventually. <laughs> yeah, because I I have the weekend that game comes out off, so planning on the story being beaten by that Sunday at the latest yeah for, and then you know ufc drops the following tuesday for me for the rest of the year it's going to be that and then i think robocop comes out the day after my birthday now so that would be nice pick up after that for me it's it's like that game ufc which ufc is a sports game i don't like that's not like a there's nothing to beat <laughs> that's just i'm no. gonna i'm gonna play it because i enjoy the sport uh so like really it's like that game and sports uh, Super Mario RPG remake, which from the little gameplay that they showed, it's going to be different from the original, but it also looks really fucking good. And the thing about Nintendo that people seem to forget is they don't miss when it comes to the first party games most of the time. Yeah. Like I've seen people like, oh, the gameplay looks too different. I don't like the art style. Like 
fuck you. We're getting a Super Mario RPG remake. Nobody ever thought this shit was going to happen. And, no. and not only that, it looks good. In in the trailer, yeah. they they played the fucking um. They, what was a little fucker's name? Booster. Like they played his stage theme, and that song fucks. If Critical had an official theme song, it would be that or the DiBiase theme from Superstars for the Game Boy. Because <laughs> pause from uh, WrestleMania. Mania for the NES. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that 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 should be the fucking intro. This is, I don't have a, a Switch or anything, but there's like a lot of cool stuff from Nintendo coming out, like uh, F Zero ninety nine looked insane when I saw that. Super Mario Wonder is something that I would really want to play. The fucking little elephant gimmick you can turn into that that shit rules. Did Did you see that game that's on Steam that's like um, Punch Out? No, I retweeted it the other day. I can't remember the title of it now. Give me one sec. Yeah, it's like a crazy ass intergalactic punch out game i think it's an early access oh no it, it might be straight up available to buy uh they're remaking the original mario versus dk game oh yeah i heard about that too and paper mario the thousand year door what the fuck nintendo undefeated also the luigi's mansion game for the um the 3ds is getting a remake and i i want to play that oh this game is on ps5 as well my question is, how much does this thing cost? I think it was like 15 This looks really cool. Also, that, that guy's clearly based on Bane, right? Yeah, yeah. It's, that's pretty obvious. It's on. It was seventeen forty nine Canadian on uh, Steam, and now it's on sale for fifteen seventy four. That's not much of a sale. No, not really. <laughs> yeah, it looks very cool. And then, in terms of action figure news, um, I, I got I got the Ultimate Edition Muhammad Ali. Yes, me too. Which they're making a basic ref Ali, which I feel like I knew. But if you're doing the basic, why the fuck do an Ultimate Edition? Why didn't you do like Anoki or Mike Tyson? Yeah, I I don't get that. That's strange. I'd rather they just did Anoki and Ali, or like Tyson and Ali, or like Buster Douglas and. Ali, fuck, I don't know. I really, I really like the boxer Ali. Someone also mentioned that some of those Ali heads look like if they just repainted the Kurt Angle Ultimate Edition heads, and now I can't unsee it. I didn't, uh, I didn't even take it out of the box. I mean, I opened it up and took a look at it, and I was like, "This is cool." Then I put it back in the box. Yeah, I, I, I love that thing. That's that's such a cool exclusive. The fact it's still available is wild to me. Yeah, that's crazy. Piper and George Steele go up, what, like 12 days from now? 26th? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I it, Piper is one of my all-time favorite wrestlers. I've said it a million times in the podcast. I'm going to have to get that. Did I'll probably get, get the hearts. Did you get your retro set in yet? No, I talked myself out of it. Because, uh. <laughs> like, I, I had that in my cart, and then I was like... I'm going to get a fleeting moment of happiness from these before I'm just like, fuck, these suck. I'm just going to buy Ali instead. I might. Because I, I keep kicking the tires of it. I like the little nod to uh, Superstar Series 1 and 2, meaning Jack's Bone Crunching Action Series 1 and 2. I've always referred to those as the BCA figures. But I really I don't like that Vader that much. I don't really like the Lawler a whole lot either. I, I don't get the obsession with fucking Phantom of the Undertaker and the bear is eh. 
I, I literally would just be buying those to like look at the box for two seconds and get like a little nostalgia buzz and then go fuck why did I buy these? Yeah, I I bought them. They haven't uh they've shipped but they haven't arrived yet. I've also heard the Vader's like not scaled particularly well. That doesn't surprise me for the retro line anymore. No, it's it's so weird. They they decided to fucking halfway commit to them and then they haven't been good at all, really. Yeah, I, I'd, I'd say that they're hit and miss. I mean, some of them are like, some of them I have issues with, but it, for whatever reason, I still buy them. I'm just like, you know, they're not Hasbro's really, but they're similar scale, and I'm like, well, where else am I going to get some of these guys in this scale? Yeah, that's fair. I'm more interested in like the stuff the indie companies are doing in that scale, like the Epic Toys Bulldogs. I don't like that they have the same torso, but what the fuck ever. It's the Bulldogs, and the that Dynamite looks so much better than that fucking abomination they dropped the first time. Yeah, I really regret buying that now. Oh, I regretted buying it before this was ever shown, because I got it like in hand and was like, this looks like shit. Also, like whoever's doing their ph- photography now is, is doing a really great job. On showcasing those, showcasing those figures. Um, yeah, for sure. I don't know if I mentioned this, but I did pre-order the Powers of Pain and Demolition. I'm still I, on the fence on those. I got a, a a bunch of work money in my account, and I was like, God damn, I can afford this these two packs of, of Demolition and Powers of Pain. I hope Customs doesn't kick my ass, but yeah, I was like, I'm going to get those. I've really been kicking the tires on those. Honestly, more than the retros, because, like, I... It, yeah, it's cool that they did a Hasbro-style Vader, even if I think it sucks ass. But, yeah. like, I, Demolition's one of my favorite tag teams of all time. I'm a huge fan of Warlord and Barbarian, and it's cool that they come with, like, the little entrance gear. The thing that yeah. kind of... I don't know that I like... I don't know that I like them enough to do $140 for them. Yeah, <laughs> I don't want to. I don't really want to remember how much I paid for them. <laughs> like I can, I can obviously do the pay and four or whatever on these, and that'll be fine. Like whatever. But I don't. Uh, am I going to be able to put these on the wall? Like, how is this going to work? Oh uh, yeah, because mine up, and they're going in the hospital ring. Have they mentioned how that carding is going to work? Because it kind of. The bubble takes up so much of the front that I'm almost wondering if it's going to be like the slide packaging, like uh, how Mattel's doing the retros now. Yeah. No, I don't think. I think I would prefer that. It was nice to see the back of the carding of uh, Aku and stuff, which might have shipped now. I can't. Maybe it was someone else, but they they confirmed that uh, um, Onita is coming soon on the back of the card. Yeah, series three. Yeah, that's that's good to see. Oh, also, I don't know if we mentioned this last time, but it was told to me uh, the AEW Supreme line going forward, they're not going to be waves. They're just going to be Walmart exclusive figures, starting with CM Punk. I forgot his name for a second. That guy. Um, Best in the world. Uh, Shout out to that video of him blading it all in. That motherfucker, he gave his all on the way out. Can't say he didn't. Um. Yeah, I mean, much like Terry, he's our hero. He's the best. We know he gave us all. I th- there's a Walmart a half an hour south of me, and if I get if I get in my bag deep enough about it here in a minute, 
I'm going to hitchhike down there to see if they actually have that CM Punk figure. But I know, I know deep in my heart, it's going to be like the trip to Lima for fucking ultimate edition Brock and RVD. And I'm going to get there and they're not going to have the shit I want. And I'm going to be like, well, fuck. And then that's going to be, it's going to be it. But, uh, that's a great figure. Best AEW figure. They, they really, they did it with that one. There's nothing really significant on the Mattel front that I've seen recently. Like it's been quiet for a while now. Yeah. Cause like ringside fest and, um, ringside fest is always, excuse me, later in the year. And that's like the, the last big showcase. It's even really a big showcase. It's just a showcase. I'm assuming there we'll see the final versions of, um, the Coliseum collection hearts, which I, again, I'll probably buy them, but what the fuck? Why can't we get one breath? that looks like Brett. Why does the Jim Neidhart's torso look so weird? Especially you have the Sergeant Slaughter torso. Why not just use that on Anvil? Yeah, it made too much sense. And I'm assuming we'll see the physical prototypes of Ultimate Edition 20 with obviously the final. Uh, well, we can't say final because we don't know, but like what would probably be for a little while, at least the last Bray Wyatt figure. Yeah. Which if you wanted the Mountain Dew match in action figure form, there you go. Oscar is obviously in that series as well, which I don't have a lot of confidence in that figure selling, even though it looks really freaking cool. And then obviously Roman's the other, the other uh, big name in that set. And I'll say this straight up: like if they go with the torso from the render on the final figure, I'll buy it. Because I wanted the original Roman just because, like, that's that's the guy, and I wanted to have that represented on the shelf. And they gave him the fucking Ultimate Warrior torso, and it's like he's not. No. No, no, no. We're we're not doing. Not everybody in this line needs that torso, and apparently build it and hear that because fucking Kurt Angle's got it, which is idiotic. But like, I I look at that line, and there's there's interesting stuff over the next year, and I I went through this on the last episode too. I'm just in such a weird place where like I have no fucking room for any of this stuff, but there's stuff yeah. coming out that I want again. Ultimate Yoko. Yeah, I'm in very much the same boat. I don't have any room at my apartment. But th- then again, I, I keep buying stuff because I'm addicted. I just got the uh, the great Muta character products, the uh, the Demon Muta. I got oh, the, nice. Yeah, it was like 15 Canadian on... Uh, that's That's insane. Yahoo auctions. Yeah. Eventually, I'm gonna list a bunch of my stuff on eBay because I don't, I don't want like most of it anymore. I'm just really lazy in that way. But there's like, I gotta get that Yoko. I gotta get that Ultimate Edition Rock. And honestly, if I get the new Ultimate Edition Rock, I probably should just sell the old one. Pretty much, yeah. Like I have the Amazon one, and I regret canceling my order for the second one because if I would have had another one of those in box in 2021, fuck, I could have sold it for a couple hundred bucks. But like I, I don't collect for like secondary market value, and I, I want to say I don't begrudge the people that do, but also the ones that cry about like my figures aren't worth anything anymore. Congratulations, dumb fuck! They're action figures. If if you want to do something for a long term investment, get in the fucking stock market. <laughs> yeah. Or like buy trading cards, which I mean, those are people are priced out of like even being an entry level collector into those now because insane people have made it such that like even regular hobby boxes that like a decade ago would have been 90 bucks or like $300 now. I should look at some of mine. Like the, um, the first AEW upper deck set, I paid like 
190 200 bucks for a box and like not even a guaranteed fucking autograph or like memorabilia card in the box like that's that's ridiculous yeah absolutely granted i did pull a chris jericho number one of 10 uh memorabilia card and sold it to somebody on reddit for like 50 or 60 bucks so shit happens, but yeah, and then they tried to incorporate them in the AEW figures, and then they only ended up doing it with like the Dark Order wave, I think. Even though like Unrivaled Nine was pictured as also having them, like what a fucking mess! What a fucking mess! Zombie Sailor Heels and Faces Series Two should be in soon. I saw him saying like the 14th was the which called the cutoff for address changes, which means people should probably be getting the tracking numbers in the next couple of weeks. I've seen a lot of people saying, like, the, the shipping delays are his responsibility. Like, what the fuck? Once the boat's on the water, like, you can't you can't control that shit. But it's, it's wrestling figs, and they're all insane and delusional. And yeah, I don't know why I read this board. I genuinely don't. Did you see, by the way, the Powertown shirts are out now? They're on, like, 80stees.com? Oh, yeah, I did, yeah. There's a Rock and Roll Express shirt that's just straight up like a remake, I think, of one of the 80s shirts, which yeah, that's kind of cool. cool. Speaking of Power Town, because we talked about this a little bit before we started recording. Oh, and it'll tie into this, too. Uh, Grapplers and Gimmicks announced they're doing a movie superstars line, quote unquote. And we're getting Kurt Fuller from No Holds Barred. He played Brell. We're getting a four inch, a six inch and a seven inch figure. And I'm guessing the six inch figure is going to be him from like Ghostbusters. I don't know. Wayne's World. It could be, could be. He's been in a lot of shit. Great actor. He's if you don't know who he is, he's like the the secondary film in a lot of movies. He's just a guy wearing a suit. Yeah, he's fucking great. The Laps fan interview with him was wonderful. I I might have to check that out now. It's great. The one guy uh, does the Vince voice for him, and it pops him. Like I don't know what the market is. Like if they do a four inch retro style version of Braille from the Holds Bard, what what do you put him with? There's no Rip. There's no Zeus. So what's the fucking point? It's so strange. He makes one appearance as Brell on WWF TV in 1989 and like is never referenced again. And the thing is, too, like, what's the likeness going to be like with grapplers and gimmicks? Because they've been so on and off. Hit and miss. Yeah. Yeah. And also, like... The idea of doing like a Brell figure in general is like the seven inch one I get because there's Ultimate Edition Hulk and Zeus you can put him with. Mm-hmm. But are you going to license Joan Severance and the dude that played Hogan's brother in that movie? If you if you are, you can't put him in a Rip'em shirt. Are you going to license the fucking trainer? Are you gonna like? Are you gonna license the guys who played Ordway and Unger too? Like, what are what are we? What hole in the collection is this meant to fill? It's very strange, and, and people, I guess, try to justify it by saying, "Well, he was in the whole spot, but yeah, but I don't know." It, well, I mean, it's a bigger license than Bruce Lee, as someone wrestling freaks tried to argue. Yeah, because if you listen, know, like Bruce Lee, Bruce Lee died in the seventies, so those movies die too, right? Like nobody's seen those movies. Bruce Lee's not in any of the UFC games. Nobody knows. Yeah. Yes. They literally didn't just drop a fucking 4K remaster of Enter the Goddamn Dragon, which is one of the most iconic movies of all fucking time. Like, it, it goes back to like the Power Town thing when people were like, "I can't imagine anybody would actually want to buy a Bruiser Brody." 
that wasn't around when he was alive, and you'd have to be really old for that. Like, I was born three years to the day after Brody, not three years to the, almost three years to the day after Brody died. He's like one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. And I mentioned it to this person on Instagram. Like, I, I wasn't even alive for Brody, and he's one of my heroes. Like, old footage exists, old magazines exist. Just because you don't want to fucking go and look back at anything that happened before you doesn't mean that others don't. Exactly. And with Bruce Lee, it's like, if you're interested in martial arts at all, you know who the fuck that guy is. Just because, you know, I'm willing to get myself in a little bit of trouble on this. Just because you're a fucking lame dude from England who posts on a wrestling figure message board, you've never been in a fucking fight in your life, doesn't mean that other people don't have a reverence for fucking Bruce Lee. Like, he was known for one film, one major film that was released in, what, 94, The Crow? Is it 94, 95? Yeah, ninety four, and they they made like action. They're making action figures of him quite a lot. Like they they still do to this day. People would people on that board would unironically argue that Sting helped keep the Crow relevant. Oh come on! It, it's weird in the sense that there are people that probably know the Crow face paint from Sting more so than the movie, but he doesn't have that face paint design without the fucking movie. No, that that movie is like still beloved by. Tons and tons of people. It's yeah, it I love that movie. The first the yeah, first movie I ever watched when I got HBO Max two years ago was that movie. Yeah, it's the the scene with the uh the guy from the Warriors and, and uh Commando when he's in the car and he's like There ain't no coming back. I I goddamn love that scene and then they has he has the fire crow on the ground. You know where where yeah. That whole scene and the music in it is fucking tremendous. Yeah, I hate that they're remaking it with the guy who played Pennywise in the shitty it remake. Yeah, I guess they've already. We don't need a new adaptation. Yeah, they. I think they finished it months ago, but nothing's ever been seen of it. They were gonna do it with uh, Jason Momoa, and they had pictures of him in the makeup and stuff, which that would have been very strange. Yeah, I. I don't know. I just. I don't. I don't know. Grapplers and Gimmicks showed off a painted prototype of their bulldog that is maybe the best thing they've ever shown. But again, you mentioned it earlier uh, before we recorded. You can never tell Grapplers and Gimmicks because the prototypes always end up looking different in one way or another. Yeah, it it looks really good in the the, the painted prototype. Or um, yeah, it looks very close face wise. I think that it looks quite close to the Hasbro. But yeah, again. Who knows what it's gonna end up like? I I really liked how uh, Men on a Mission looked in their prototypes, but then the final products. Um, I find that the eyes on those figures look like really strange and not painted very well. So, to wait and see. Yeah, I, eh, I'm not real sure about. I I, I don't want to give I want to give him any money. He's too closely um associated with Rush Collectibles. It's really strange how they're like so associated with with each other, and one can get products out, which yeah, they're not the best in in Hastel, and then you've got Rush who releases empty shells. Like, how how does that happen? I wish like hell I knew. Um, I just we need more people trying to make six inch figures. Fuck it, like. Yeah. The the retro bubble is deflating very, very quickly. And I think the companies that don't have the ability to pivot 
and find people that can sculpt them to six inch figures, I think we're going to see a lot of them kind of going by the wayside. Obviously zombie finally realized because remember he was, he was adamant. He was, he wasn't going to do six inch figures for the longest time. You know, honestly, maybe my most anticipated wrestling figures of the next year is heels and faces six inch series one, just because they look the Bundy and the, uh, the Pillman looked fantastic. Yeah. But the four inch shit's only going to take you so far at this point. There's names I want to see, but but I don't want to see them from these these smaller names now, these smaller brands, because I mean, as we just talked about the quality, so if you don't know what you're gonna get, yeah, we did see the factory sample of Paul Roma. That figure looks amazing. Hell yeah, Paul Roma, highly underrated wrestler. Yeah, people hate him because of the Four Horsemen documentary, but like, let's keep it a buck. Power and Glory is like an all time like underrated tag team. Pretty wonderful. They also. fucking ruled. Yeah. Yeah, I loved that team. Yeah, I'm looking at the Roma figure again. It's so fucking good. I'm telling you, we need Paul Roma and, and UPW. We we need Hercules as well. We need Herc and Jerk. Absolutely. But yeah, that, that Roma figure is tremendous. Um Goddamn. It looks like, exactly like him. I just, I so wish he would go back to working with Pro Wrestling Tees because the the uh, shipping just kills me. I was thinking about getting the because uh, he put wave one up again, and I was thinking about getting the Earl Hebner because that's one I wanted to get, and I didn't. And with shipping, it was just too much. I wasn't willing to pay that much for it. Or get a Canadian retailer for the love of God. Yeah, it's it's weird how international distribution doesn't seem to be like a priority for some of these. Actually, most of these motherfuckers. I did ask Figure Collections if they were going to be carrying the Bulldogs. And they said, where the fuck is that message? Uh, they believe they will be, but it's up to Epic. Are Epic using Asylum for anything now? Do you know? Because Interesting question. Did I order Powers of Pain through Asylum? I'm going to have to double check. It should also be noted, we saw hand-painted prototype images of Asylum All-Star Series 2. Um, I don't know why Black Tiger Eddie doesn't have his tape, but what are you gonna do? Oh yeah, I I got the powers of pain and demolition from Asylum. Interesting. So I guess that would be probably the option if Figure Collections doesn't doesn't end up carrying them. They were doing a bundle deal on powers of pain and and demolition. I saw that. Yeah, a little bit of money saved there too, like like five bucks. Yep, that was better than nothing for me. Yeah, and the Oh, but there's good. there's shipping prices too. Uh, if I if I buy them, I might go through go through here. I don't think it was the shipping was that terrible for me. Asylum's been pretty good. I mean, everything I've ordered from them, nothing's been damaged, and I I finally got the shipping notification for Haku, so I I, I guess they finally got those. Their shit through customs. Yeah. Looking to see if there's anything we've missed, and I don't believe there is. Nothing off the top of my head. There's been uh, nothing from KWK. Obviously, nothing else from Epic, Mattel, Rushes, fucking people over, as usual. Yeah, we should probably talk about the speculation on that real quick before we wrap up. Uh, one of the guys from the Three Points of Articulation podcast speculated that perhaps Rush had run out of money and was 
thus not able to offer refunds or ship the product. Obviously, we can't verify if that's true or not, but that is absolutely making the rounds now. And if that's the case, how is how is this guy able to claim he's licensing all of this other shit? And, like, figures are in production and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Isn't it interesting that the difference between... You know, we've talked about how close Hostel and, and Rush work together. Hostel, for the first movie figure, announced um, Kurt Fuller. Who is Rush teasing? He's teasing Arnold Schwarzenegger for his first, like, movie figure. Yeah, I just... There's quite a difference there, and 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 one isn't even like official. He just like tagged Arnold Schwarzenegger and like the post that he made. Interesting. Yeah, and it's probably for the best that um, the Arnold social media team probably didn't see that. Yeah, because I I can't imagine they'd be too happy about uh, somebody making an unauthorized Arnold figure. <laughs> But that guy just comes off like such an asshole. He's such like I'm. I'm sorry, but he does. Well, I mean, yeah. When you obviously talked about when you're insulting your customers who are wanting to know where the product is, got no respect for that. Like especially the wording that he used. Yeah, it's a real fucking shit situation that we we find with uh with some of these companies. But that's that's probably. That's probably gonna do it for this this episode here. I was gonna I was gonna pitch the idea because uh, a friend of mine, a listener of the show, had the idea that it would be neat if we covered MMA games until UFC five came out and did a special report. And my exact words to him was like, I don't know that fucking I don't know that Boost is gonna want to do that. I don't know that he's gonna want to fucking play UFC five. Yeah, but, I'll, I'll I'll definitely play it. It's just I I, I don't have any interest. Yeah, no, I understand that. Um, in looking at like our recording schedule, just like sitting here right now, there's two episodes potentially between now and when that game comes out. Cause we would, would be recording the first and the 15th. And obviously the game drops on the 24th. So we, we could split that up like the dreamcast PlayStation game boy UFC game. And then the two PS2 ones. Sounds good. But my question to you is how reliable is Xbox, uh, xbox emulation because i feel like we'd have to cover tap out too um i don't know about xbox i i was able to get the wild uh rings working but then i've had problems setting it up again so xbox doesn't seem great so we're we're gonna we're gonna leave it with this for sure we're gonna cover the dreamcast playstation game boy color game yeah and for sure excuse me We'll be covering Throwdown and Sudden Impact. We'll do those as two separate episodes because, like, one, uh, I'm going to probably talk about the Game Boy Color version for, like, a half an hour. Because <laughs> it's insane that exists. And, and two, like, it is kind of two distinct different periods because, like, Semaphore Entertainment Group still technically owns the company when the first game comes out. And then Throwdown is the first like big console game of the Zufa era, so it is. It'll be it'll be uh, UFC parentheses SEG era, which is one game, and then fucking UFC Part Two Zufa PS2 games. That works. And then, and then after that, the next one will be Critical Special Report, 
and actually I have the weekend off uh, when UFC five comes out. So like we could literally just do the critical report that Sunday. Yep. So yeah, we're going to, Oh, they didn't have face the pain. I was going to say, we're going to face the pain next time, but face the pain didn't exist in 2000, unfortunately. (laughs) But uh, yeah, next time we, we were going to, I was going to be like, yeah, we're going to start a trick through the SmackDown series. Fuck that. I want to, I want to play some cage fighting games next. So that's, That's where we're going to be on the next episode. And until then, we'll see you guys later.